You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that replaces your aerospace bomb racks with Sylph Battle Armor points. Evening, I'll be your host, Matthew Bloodbath Barons. Tonight, co-host this evening are as follows. Andrew, Payne is instructional, the minnow crawl. Back. Good evening, guys. His favorite cousin, Aaron. One of these days, it'll slow down. Coach Crawl, welcome back. I doubt it, but we're hoping. <laughs> it really does need to slow down. It really needs to. Thomas, F that fire moth, Silent Sea Raven Kruger. That back plate was way easier than that stupid arm. I told <laughs> you to stand down. Had that lip on it. And our lore master himself, Luke, don't touch my Fujita drive, Charles Gideon Dirks. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Don't touch my Kearney drive either. <laughs> There's yeah, two you, can, you can touch the Fujita, just not the Kearney. Right. <laughs> you sandwich them together. Anyways, tonight we have a special guest. He's going to be the one, the only, who has too many titles. Line developer, assistant art director for Catalyst Game Labs, co-owner of Fighter, Fighting Piranha Games, or excuse me, graphics, a man who is the middle of one of the greatest expansions of Battletech, Arista. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you all doing? Very good. Fabulous. Doing great. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. You do have way too many titles. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you can drop a few. Yeah. I think I added up like half a page when I started narrowing them down and thinking like, well, these are kind of like the same. So we'll just stick with one <laughs> of the two. <laughs> yeah. So how how did you yeah. get into Battletooth there, Ray? Um, it was high school. Um, we were, my friends and I were sophomores and there was a, a new kid, a freshman, who had been introduced to the game by a uh, an acquaintance from a Sunday school or something like that, you know, kids' community stuff. He was telling us about the game on the bus for several days in a row, and we finally all got together, and he showed us how to play. And you know how that goes. He, We played it wrong and continued to play it wrong for years, but he showed us, and... I could tell you that first game, he took a rifle, and he gave us a bunch of bug mechs, of course, which is total, total crap. But I ran up to him. He was in a ditch, and I was on level zero or a level above. I wound up kicking his head off, <laughs> and that's that's really all it takes. You're hooked at that point. Pretty much. The, phys the physical attack? Is that what draws people in? I think so. Death from above, kicks, punches, yep. I agree. Just turning somebody into virtual jelly, I think, is, is oh, yeah. what <laughs> makes that really go. Well, then, yeah. just the, the visual of a giant mech, like, connecting its foot to a cockpit of another mech is just so rewarding. <laughs> yeah. You want to do that again and again. <laughs> yeah. So Ray, how did you how did you get into the call it a a powers that be position with 
Battletech. I believe you started with FASA, did you not? I didn't start with FASA. I started with Vampro. It okay. was a little bit after... It was a little bit after FASA closed up. Um, it was actually... The decals was one avenue. Brian had started up the decal business, uh, fighting product graphics, in the last few years of um, FASA. Uh, I joined him a couple years after he started up. And, um, yeah, when that transi transitioned over to WizKids, we wound up getting the license from them. And so that was one way that we started interacting with uh, Randall at the time because he was doing all the approvals for our product. Um, so that was one avenue there. Um, another avenue was I started doing demos. Um, it was after... What was the aerospace game? Do you guys remember the Trial of Vengeance? Something like that? The um, With the oh. Leviathan Mini? That was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. They had uh, one of the big worldwide events, and yeah. I was so annoyed that there was no agent down here running it. And, you know, if there's nobody doing it, then you've got to do it yourself. So I signed up at that point. Um, and pretty early on, I started working with the – they were at the time the FanPro Commandos. Um, yep. We oh, yeah. started working on the um, – the commando quarter and so i got more and more involved with that which showed the powers that be at the time at FanPro that i had skills in uh layout and design and, and just putting that magazine together um and then uh, i started going to gen con around that point and meeting everybody there uh, meeting the people at, at Iron Wind Medals, and just, I guess, socializing at the conventions. Um, at some point, I think it was Brush Wars, I started doing some artwork for FanPro. And uh, ah, that's that's what's coming to mind right now. It's just, it's like you say, I wear a lot of hats. There were a lot of different avenues that I was coming at Battletech towards, and um, it just... You know, sort of multiplied. Um, now, is you know, that I, is that is that something that is in your background? Is is layout and design and, and art, or is that just a, a hobby thing that you've turned into? You know, a living. What you're doing now? Yeah, a living. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I used to consider myself an artist, but uh, the work that I've always gotten was in pre-press and production uh, which with the technology over the past 25 years doesn't necessarily exist anymore <laughs> but it's all the work that needs to be done from where you know an artist hands in artwork and a writer hands in their document and um, everything that goes from there all the way to a printed product there's so many processes that are now handled by you know software that anybody could get their hands on but that was always my background producing uh print material um so i had a little bit of that i you know was a gamer ever since i can remember um so 
I, I had a bit of a jack of all trades background, and that's kind of how I got into BattleTech. Just a bunch of different avenues, not one single direction. Having um, a diverse skill set is really is really what makes you who you are today. Did you did you make did you make sure that you had the rules correct when you did that uh, worldwide event? <laughs> oh, jeez! I mean, you mentioned you were playing the game wrong for a couple of years, which we all have. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. That's actually one of the best things in the uh, battle mech manual. It's got that little section in the back for frequently confused um, uh, rules. Yeah, and yeah, honestly, to this day. There, there are things that I mess up. Um, just a couple days ago, we were playing Mega Mech and we were doing aerospace, and I had to lug the book out and mm-hmm. just go through each thing for the freaking aerospace. And even though I'm looking at the diagrams that I did and pages <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that, that I put together, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. It's a great epiphany. He's like, why did I draw it that way? God, now I think about it. Yep. I write that in my notes for the next meeting. So, uh, Ray, what do you define yourself as now in the line of uh, line developer? What what kind of role do you facilitate then? Or, or better, what is a line developer? What is a line developer? That is a great question. <laughs> Sounds like um, somebody who says no a lot. It really, it, it certainly feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> you start um, off your day with getting a cup of coffee and you get your desk situated and go from there. Yeah. Um, well, what I do is mainly facilitate. I make sure that everything that's running is keeps running and runs smoothly um you know there were things in progress before i became line developer there's gonna be things going whenever i'm gone and um so that is the the, the bottom line is facilitate everything that's happened the part obviously that i love is taking a look at the line overall and trying to restructure things in a way that makes sense uh, coming up with new lines of products that work with the products that we already have in development, um, help promote those, um, would be interesting and fun. And from there, we, you know, try and re- go backwards and revisit lines that are already in progress. How do we improve them to work with things that we are currently developing? Um, Yep, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Um, because you guys have a lot on your plate right now. I mean, let's let's oh, not skirt the the yeah. boat here. You guys are <laughs> in full crazy mode right now with so much stuff coming out. Is it? And and I it, I feel bad for you a little bit because I think you came in as the line developer right as this all hit. So <laughs> so it seems like a daunting yeah. task. It is. It is definitely daunting. And the biggest frustration is not having enough time in the day to to touch on everything that needs to be kept in motion and 
progressing. But it's really exciting. And the way that I keep motivating myself is I keep thinking about those tasks that I haven't necessarily got to yet that I really look forward to. Uh, that's sort of the, the carrot that I hold over my head. The uh, uh, cool stuff that's going to be developed soon once we have a few other things in the can. That is the constant um, the constant treadmill uh, that I'm on. So do you have like so, one of those inspirational posters like right in front of your desks? Like, you know, the rowboat can only go capsize if someone stops <laughs> rowing or something like that? <laughs> no. No, totally blank walls. No. So what, what are some of those cool things? What What is it that gets the line developer pumped? Well, what you guys are seeing right now, the uh, recognition guide Ill Clan which is an evolution of something that we've been working on for a long time. Um, the whole concept of bringing the core designs um, into the modern battlefields um, is something we've, we've wanted to do for a long time, and we've uh, some of those initial designs of the, uh, the classics... Uh, that all got derailed years ago. Um, we've gone from different avenues of putting them out there till we arrived at this Kickstarter, uh, which was wildly successful. Um, the rec guide that's being produced now on a bi-weekly basis is, again, that's not what we thought we were going to do a year ago, let alone five years ago. But uh, I'm really excited to have that coming out now uh, having the the ill clan era that we've all been waiting for and being able to field um you know some of the favorite chassis from you know throughout the eras does ill clan does the ill clan like era feel like as big as the clan invasion was i mean the clan invasion of battletech was just Oh my goodness! It was just a huge milestone. Is is this what Ill Clan feels like to you? That is like the next huge uh, jumping point, kind of a thing. To me, yes. Um, but I guess it depends on how you would gauge that. How would you measure that? So, if we're measuring that just by how I feel and how excited I am about it, I would say yes. Um, I would go all the way back to Clan Invasion, and I'm more excited about this than the the Civil War, uh, Jihad, and all that. Right, because it felt like those eras were kind of fillers for something, again, huge that's going to happen. And and you guys have been teasing Ill Clan to us for what four years now, something like three years, something like that. I think it's more like eight. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. do I feel old now? Yeah, I, I, it's it's something. It's a big number like that. <laughs> <laughs> you keep missing all these teases too. Dang it! <laughs> that uh, and is there any? I mean, I guess maybe where I'm going is: is there any pressure on you guys to like? uh Oh, did we hype this up too much, or is it the right amount of hype, or are we underhyping it? You know, how where, how do you guys? How on your side are you feeling once this product drops? 
or or are you having difficulty with it with the time between announcement and fulfilling it and quote unquote potentially meeting expectations i could just speak for myself personally um that the delays in getting the storyline moving again there's a whole a whole ton of reasons for those delays and uh I do have concerns that at the end of the day, when we finally, you know, get over that hump of Ill Clan, the Ill Clan source book and the the story that that takes us there, that uh, that there will be a feeling that it wasn't worth the hype, because if you feel it's been three years, four years, or eight years, it's just a lot of waiting. Mm-hmm. So I do have concerns there. There are some times that I feel no matter what we do, it just won't live up to um, that that big weight that we've had without fiction and without the storyline moving forward. But from what I've seen, now that we've got you know the engine started up again and we've had stories coming out and we have products coming out, and we can at least you know we still aren't over that hump, but we're teasing it and we are slowly moving forward. The reactions have been so positive that um, even if it's not completely ripping the Band-Aid off, I feel that we'll be able to get over the hump and keep moving without that kind of concern. That, okay, was the big Ill-Clan event worth all the hype? Well, doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're still going. Yeah. Well, you know? To me, and I, I and maybe I, I'm hard, I do this a little too much, but I, I kind of of relate ill clan to what jihad could have done like you guys are putting out product you're putting out uh stories and everything leading up to this whereas jihad was just like well here it is you know it was just like well this is well what (laughs) you know it's just it was kind of us looking for something and then you gave us a bunch of stuff right at once this is i love the teasing i love the product placement everything going in a in a gradual slope upwards to ill clan and where it goes from there you know i guess m- many of us will you know the the commit community will decide that but yep i feel like it is going to be a huge success just because of the way you guys are implementing it cool cool i'm glad you you feel that way well to be and i mean to be perfectly honest we have heard just in our small community the number of i mean if you've been a gamer for, call it 10 years, you've heard of and have probably played Battletech at some point in time in that 10 years through various, your various gaming groups, whatever. I, I mean, I can name five or six people off the top of my head that um, went away and the Kickstarter and the excitement and all of the things that are happening is bringing them back. And they're coming back in a, in a big way and in very excited to get back in again um it you know this it, we've heard i've heard various different lines of <clears throat> there were people in the powers that be that were like this kickstarter is never going to happen um we'll be shooting ourselves in the foot no one's going to do it and there was others in the group that were like you don't understand the community <laughs> you put this out there they're going to crush it um 
did, did <laughs> and we did. I mean, it's not we. It was just I, I, I don't believe anyone, even those that that were pushing for the Kickstarter. I honestly don't believe anyone thought that the the Kickstarter would have the response that it did. Right. Is that did is that kind of where you're where you're looking at it as well, or did you know that this thing was going to be a deal? Um, we all knew that it would do well. As far as how well it, uh, that's really a question. And I would not be truthful if I said I knew it would do this well. But the um, the powers that be, at Catalyst Game Labs, we produce we produce games, essentially board games. And we do Battletech and Shadowrun, uh, which are books. And I, I personally feel that a lot of the other guys don't necessarily have the, maybe you'd say savvy, the experience with tabletop miniature games. Even Flare. though that's essentially what um, Battletech is. And I really felt that doing this Kickstarter focused on miniatures, that it would just absolutely blow up. So I wouldn't say that I knew it would do this well, but I think I felt it would do much better than everyone else expected. When I heard this was going to take place, I imagined money bag that yes. no one could... It was basically bottomless. You, you could not... People are BattleTech players are throwing their money at this. Yeah, it's something they've been dreaming about for ten years, and yeah. they're just extremely happy to. We want to thank you for keeping that moving along. Oh, for sure. This is a, it's something more or less, not necessarily in this shape, but it's something that I've pushed for for a long time. So I'm ecstatic with the Kickstarter itself and how well it... As a fan, um, I just can't wait to get my hands on those miniatures. Rock on. <laughs> Haven't you gotten your hands on those miniatures already? Uh, no, I have <laughs> some on, you gotta, prototypes. You gotta know a guy, don't you? I mean, come on. <laughs> I've got some prototypes, but I don't have <laughs> there we go. a line of... Uh, <laughs> there we go. 90-something <laughs> well, miniatures. I mean, didn't didn't you bring, uh, for Masters and Minions last last year, didn't you have uh, Marauders and Phoenix Hawks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm very glad you brought that up, Andrew. Hmm. I'm... Yeah. I'm I'm very mad that uh, I nobody allowed me to steal one of the display marauders and take it home with me. I tried. <laughs> you just had to get out of the way of Brent. <laughs> yeah, I was, just, yeah. I was just gonna reach across the table, grab it, and look at Brent's face. <laughs> tried to get a uh, executioner, and I got shot down. I'm like, oh god. Okay, I bought. I bought that. I bought that star, and Dale took that executioner out of the star. He took that home. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, I oh, tried wow. to get that Turkina, <laughs> the jumping to Turkina doing a DFA. So all the talons, yeah. I, I tried to get that one, but that one was supposedly taken by somebody else. I think that display was my favorite thus far by Camel Specs. Yeah, I gotta agree. That that one was well done. 
Oh, some of those uh, urban paint schemes were just fabulous. So uh, moving along, did you did you have any tasty tidbits of Ill Clan that we haven't heard from other people that? Come on, you want to like you want to be that that special podcast guest that we've had that gave not, us that. Not that we want to get you in trouble, but. <laughs> <laughs> Have him maybe have him go take another shot first, and then then we'll ask that question later again. Hey, yeah, Ray, what are, what, where are you drinking, Ray? Uh, right now, Fireball. Oh, oh <laughs> yes, he's <laughs> totally one of us. Was, uh, the secrets was, are going to be spilling now. <laughs> I was polishing off one glass of Tommy's uh, Blessing Jungle Juice from the oh, indie trip. Jesus, <laughs> you're surviving. The, one glass. The cough syrup that he gave us in the morning? I'm not going to cough, am I? Well, I guess, yeah, that's true. Hey, Ray, when, how, long ago, how long ago was it that you took over or that you were named as a line developer? Was that right at or just after the Kickstarter came through? Um, I believe it was right after yeah, right after the Kickstarter completed. It must have been around Sometime in August, but I thought it was announced at Gen Con. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, maybe. but that was but the Kickstarter came out in March, I believe, right, or something like that before Gen Con. Anyway, um, I think it was announced in June. Okay, something so, like that. It's uh, I, I was um, we were talking about the whole thing, the line developer position since early last year so i'm kind of hazy on when they made it official because you were Uh, the you've been the assistant for a number of years already right yeah and i was (laughs) see that's the other thing i i don't recall when they announced that i was the assistant but i had already been the assistant for like a year prior to (laughs) being public well they can't give you the title because then they got to give you a raise then they got to pay you exactly were you promoted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're promoted i apologize That's what... so you so talking with um blaine and and other folks i mean i know that you guys will get together i know you guys had a summit here right before mm-hmm. covid hit and you're at gen con how far out do you guys typically plan um product line and you know just general direction that BattleTech will go Okay, I've got two answers for because there is the well, there's the storyline, and then there's the the product line, and it's only at this point now for the past year that we've been planning, moving them together. Hmm. Um, but the product line we plan pretty far out. Um, the shortest that you would see a product go from hey, I've got an idea to something being on the shelf. The shortest is about a year. Uh, a year? A year, wow. yeah. And that's the and shortest. That's the shortest, yeah. And it goes through lots of development. Things could mutate and change um, a lot. Because sort of like I said earlier, as you're developing a product and there's other things later in development or even hitting the stands and you're getting feedback, you're then adapting the thing that's still freshly developing into something that they can then work with um, what's coming out and what you feel the line needs. 
So So that's that's an interesting thing you said feedback. Where typically would you consider that you get the feedback that you obviously there's lots of ways to get, you know, to communicate with you folks, but where how do you collect that feedback and, and where is that feedback collected from? Uh sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was just when you made the comment about no, feedback. No, that's a really good question. Where, where is that? So, let me quickly give a shout out to um, to Aaron Kahal and Jason Smetzer, who are both marketing gurus, and who, despite being with us forever, uh, only recently in the last year or so, have they been working with us in that sort of capacity, so we could have better ways of interacting community and receiving feedback but to answer to your, your question prior to that simply simply getting feedback anywhere i mean i'm on the internet uh, in all the groups uh forums um meeting and speaking with people um and just I mean, the internet's a great place because you're you're not coming in there as, hey, this hey, there's this catalyst guy, and people might watch what they say. If you're just in these groups and on these forums and Reddit and you know whatever, you see honestly how people are reacting to products. Um, so, is a lot of that come from the demo agents as well, or is there? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's plenty of BattleTech Facebook groups and Reddits and all this other stuff. Yeah, if you really needed to find out how something was going, I I think I mean you have to check a lot of places, but uh, to get an actual you know uh, group of of uh, data, but um, that's that's interesting that that you guys are actually paying because a lot of a lot of companies don't. They're just like, well, we think this is going to be good. Let's just throw it out there. Um, it's, yep. it's really cool that you guys are, are paying attention to stuff like that. As a matter of fact, on, I got to get on that list. I got to get on the list. <laughs> well, actually I was about to say that there was a turning point with this, these rec guides very recently where there, I, I was hitting a wall with something and I reached out to several people that I trusted. And in fact, I, I spoke with, with, uh, the both of you about it. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I, I, you know, I, I'm. Oh yeah, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's talking about the he's talking about the shit that's just coming out every week right now. We talk, he talked to us about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's the trusted feedback right there. Oh, uh, there you go. Oh yeah, I remember. Aaron just, Aaron so, just fucked it up for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your feedback. Ding. Uh, was uh directly responsible for some of what's coming out right now i'm glad that's, i could help we're glad that that you know you did you say that you trust us whoa whoa <laughs> well I, I think he said that i just want to make sure that i put that he says it again just so it's doubly on record and then, and then we can move forward. Doubly on record. There's a there's a new uh, <laughs> a journalistic term. Can I get that doubly on record, please? We just have like a red phone installed. <laughs> like, hey, you know, we're having trouble. I just got the metrics for the day. 
this one's tanking. We need to, you know, cut off order number 75, change it 36 times, and we need to implement number, you know, 115 right now. <laughs> that sounds like and a great those guys. Call those guys up on the phone, and I want to know, you know, direct influence suggestions, like, right now. That's like a great <laughs> name for a Facebook messenger group, just the red phone. <laughs> red phone, red phone, yeah. Mm. So you talk, you talk about this process of, of having content come into being. What are, it, and I understand that, that every new piece of content, I'm just assuming, kind of takes on a life of its own, so typical probably isn't the right word, but what are typical stumbling blocks that you will face during product development and, and working on that and the end goal of having it on the shelf? Roadblocks. Yeah, I could tell you one thing that uh, you guys already know. One of the biggest <laughs> weaknesses that we have at Catalyst um, is communication. <laughs> and um, right, that's that's a great segue I'm gonna, with the, for the next topic. I don't awesome. know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Let me know when you guys get over the shock. <laughs> um, take a minute, deep breath. Deep let breath. the let the shock value wear off. Yeah. What? And bum bum. Internally, we have similar problems, and without communication, things slow down or down and um that's the biggest stumbling block i see when there are times that there's a dozen things that need my attention and i only have time for one or two oh uh, do you need an assistant <laughs> i need a clone or two how <laughs> about opportunity gentlemen <laughs> Doesn't Catalyst have a couple of iron wombs over there in in the headquarters? Fire up the Simco. Yeah, but the, question, but the question is, what genes would you mix mix his with? That would Ooh. be the question. Okay, we're gonna, that's that's way off topic. <laughs> but um, Ray, I that that that's awesome that you said that because it it segues perfectly into the next thing that I wanted to do and say thank you. Um, I know I talked to you, hell, what was it, two weeks ago, I think now. Um, we've, you know, we've have this little group, right? And we have people little. that are there. And, and I've had some folks that were reaching out to me and saying, hey, I've had some issues with the store. I've ordered this or this didn't happen. And, you know, is there anything that you could do? And, you know, I reached out to you and we had a really good conversation. And quite frankly, this week, I have had a lot of people getting back to me saying, hey, I don't know what you did. I don't know who said what, but all of a sudden I got people replying back to me on things that I've been you know, trying to get something done on for weeks, some of them multiple months. And um, I wanted to say thank you. I know that uh, you, you say that there's a communication gap, but I appreciate the fact that you that you handled that. I mean, you, you took that, and, and people are seeing that, and, and wanted you to know that people are noticing that. So, well, I thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. But uh, I do have to say that that is largely Lauren, and the part that I play there is really minor. 
Uh, well, a sharp well, stick goes a long way. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? He just facilitated the whole thing. Now WNRP at WolfStreetGoons.com is going to be flooded with all these emails. <laughs> Ray's just like, ha, ah, gotcha. <laughs> just have to forward those on the Lord. <laughs> Don't do that, please. <laughs> I feel like that's just a situation where, you know, It'll just be the power of Ray compels you. You know, we'll just put that the at the beginning. Of Ray yes! you. Ah, the power of Ray compels you. Oh, that is that is going on how to lick Brute's ear without him knowing, Paige. Oh. Tommy, we need another batch uh, mixed up for blessing. <laughs> oh, Ray, we're going to talk yeah, about that got, later tonight. Okay. I got a guess. I got a guess, but. Everyone in the game of Battletech has a favorite era they like to play in. What's your favorite era? Uh, third Succession War. Third Succession War. Third, third Succession, succession. Yeah. Yep. That's an interesting vintage. Yep. So, so I have heard people say that Ray is what they call a Groganard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the fact that he says third succession war, that pretty much puts him, you know, that, that title kind of fits. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But the, the Grognart title, uh, I feel when people use it, they're using it as a, a negative and describing people that don't want the game to grow or evolve. And I don't think that fits me. Um, and oh, I God. see a lot of people... Right, but at the same time, you say, hey, those 3025 guys, those are the Grognards. Not not necessarily. You have people that love the Civil War era or love the Jihad era. But if they hate moving forward from there and want to deny anybody else their eras of play or their style of play, that, to me, is a Grognard because that's somebody who is stuck in their their own bubble well said you know? yep that's gotcha. yeah absolutely definition of grognard is one an old soldier two often capitalized a soldier of the original imperial guard that was created by napoleon the first in 1804 and that made the final french charge at waterloo you need to look at the urban dictionary oh. there oh that's... sorry <laughs> So, so, ultra yeah, hardcore war gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Comes from French word that means grumbler. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like the first so, one. Anyone who would not be in supporting of everyone else's views. So along with Era, there's also a favorite ride. What yep. what is what is your mech of choice? Uh the Marauder. The Marauder. I got, I got yeah. that one right. That is the correct answer. Yeah. No. Well, we, we've all seen his icon. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is this is for the listeners' benefit. <laughs> I, think I asked him that like uh, six months ago. Yeah. The way oh, that it was uh, portrayed in the very early lore, the early fluff, uh, just as this menacing, creepy, monstrous, heavy mech. Um, she doesn't necessarily hold up when you play it, but um, <laughs> it just had this aura to it from the first um, Grey Death novel uh, and technical readout 
it just was badass. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if you've seen our our pictures on our Facebook page, but um, Wanji, uh, shout out to you, man, man, that was yeah, we were at the battle barn. Awesome. He had a huge scale marauder that was that yep. black marauder that, that black marauder yep the black marauder and it had like claws coming out of it and the whole cockpit opened up and it had teeth and it oh I got goosebumps just well, talking about the day I think car. I think yeah. once she once she posted that on a couple of different oh yeah yeah it's forums. been out there for a yeah. while but I got just to hold it to see that it in person awesome <laughs> I think I really cool. it was the only mech that he uh the only marauder he held that didn't break. i didn't drop <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it was the only one i didn't drop <laughs> what an idiot oh, God. story i don't anyway. know if you guys um had it a chance fell apart to, in his hands i don't know if you had a right. chance to look over the third um uh, recognition guide that came out there is yeah. a uh there's a mention of the black marauder in Missed it. I haven't got really? with yeah, That's fantastic. It's buried. It's in. I I haven't finished all the way through it yet. I of course, I, being the BattleTech player that I am, I immediately went and looked at all the mechs and stats and went, "Ooh, I'd do that one. Ooh, I'd do that Again? one." But um, I have not fully read all of the stuff yet, so. That will happen this week because that's awesome. That was one of the one of the only stories that have actually made the hair on my arm stand up when when you're reading it. It's yeah. Lance did such an awesome job on those stories. Yeah, he's great. Now you can uh, and you're mentioning these recognition guides and I I love these things. These are fantastic. This was an excellent product drop. Um, but for our listeners, you can get them from the cattle store. I don't believe these are included in your Kickstarter. No, they're not. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, they when they are finished, will they be a print-on-demand type of product? There will as a, be as a whole thing. There will be some sort of print product from here, but we haven't really nailed that down. Um, one thing I will say is that. Um, Well, it'll definitely be offered in print in some. Okay, cool. But uh, okay. not necessarily everything as is all lumped together. Mm-hmm. All right. I did also want to shout out to the the cornucopia. I thought that was a fantastic idea. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a lot of downloads. That was a lot of downloads, but it was nice <laughs> to get everything right. I mean, instead of just continually updating the page it was awesome that you guys okay never mind here it is and and that was fantastic yeah and and that'll be updated as we go and we add more to the uh, the digital content that that'll be updated so uh whether you're getting that through the um kickstarter or there's a few people that that were part of the kickstarter and purchased it uh that that product bundle will be updated that's, I that's personally good. i i like i like the the uh here's a link for a bunch of stuff instead uh because I, I i'm busy and i don't always get to every message that comes through and i know i've probably missed a download link or two you know for some different stuff so i i appreciate that when you put out something like that and you go hey 
you really want to pay attention to this one because this has a bunch of stuff <laughs> in it. Um, uh, I, that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so getting, I had a question. The, yep, go ahead, Tommy. You're up. So, uh, so the next few questions that I have is uh, the the first one is is what is your favorite weapon system in the game? Uh, it's got to be the PC. It's got to be the PPC. Give right me a uh, give me a Marauder, a Warhammer, an awesome, a Shrek. Just and again, it's just from the early read throughs of the of Bluff. The whole man made lightning. <laughs> There's nothing cooler than that. So you're talking about the Inner Sphere version or the Extended Range version? <laughs> oh no! Give me a Clanny RPPC. all right so um my next question and i'm going to stick on weapon systems here if there's a weapon system that uh that you had in mind that you don't that you wouldn't mind take out of the universe what weapon system would you take out um the first thing that comes to mind are the one-shot weapons um, just because that feels like a superfluous niche thing that just gets added onto the big pile list of weapons. <laughs> um, that's really my beef against them. I, I don't really have anything wrong with the weapon system. It just seems like we have pages and pages of weapons, and here's one other thing, and it's super niche. And I mean, that's what I would go for, just top of my head. Add another heat sink, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you could uh, make the mech more efficient, or no? I'll just put a one shot in here, real quick. Yeah. All right. That, and was, my, that was that was the wrong answer, by the way. Targeting computer was the answer you're looking for. Targeting computer. <laughs> targeting, targeting computer. <laughs> but he's still sore. <laughs> well, I mean, the one shot is my answer for one thing. But if we had a whole discussion. We could probably go through like all the electronic type <laughs> stuff, like ECM and and Angel uh, ECM C threes and and targeting computers and all that. Double so, e G- Angel ECM. <laughs> I, yeah, C E W or whatever that system. Is. <laughs> yeah, Nova C C Clan, Clan yeah. Electronic mm-hmm. Warfare System. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And my final question is when do you expect experimental tech to become advanced? And when would you expect new tech to come in? Um well with the Dark Age we made a bunch of the experimental stuff advanced, a lot of the advanced stuff um standard and we probably won't be doing two more of that since that's technically this era where we've done all the switching. Um, even though we're talking, what, maybe seven years ago, real time, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, And then as far as new weapons, um, we have maybe a couple newish things to introduce, but nothing necessarily earth-shattering um, yet. Is it is a consensus or is it your thought process that there might be too many weapon systems in BattleTech? 
I don't know if I'd say consensus, but I, I do feel that way. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do, or at the, least we're, we're in this, we're in the same boat with that. Yeah, or it could simply be if you go back twenty-ish years or so, where you had your page of weapons, and then you had another book with tons of advanced toys, and you had them sort of separated that way. Mm -hmm. And now, as time has progressed, and it, it kind of ties in with the earlier question, and some of those advanced things are standard, some of the experimental are advanced, and then all the old stuff still lingers around without calling it obsolete or, or um it just feels it's a lot for new players yeah that's and that's where i'm running into that's, is, that's the big thing even as you know, an old that, player i'm like what is this <laughs> yeah well, and it's interesting though that you said for new players because that is something that we we continually struggle with with our group mm -hmm. We, we have a lot of new players come to us through the Facebook page and this podcast and everything. <clears throat> what, what I personally, what I feel is lacking is, and, and maybe it's out there and I haven't seen it, but what is for a new player coming into the game? I mean, this is 35 years. There's tomes. I have, a, I have two bookshelves of books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is yep. the right way to bring in a new player and how do you guide that new player into the universe where they're not completely overwhelmed with, I need to read all of this stuff to get enjoyment out of it. Right. That's, <laughs> that is the million dollar question. <laughs> uh, as it stands right now, the um, a game of armor combat and the beginner box set were developed specifically for that. Okay. And the question comes in, once you move past that, where do you go? Well, again, the Battle Mech Manual, um, right now we feel that's the next step. Okay. Um, but, again, the Battle Mech Manual originally, the original concept behind it years ago was we wanted something for veteran players. So as a veteran player, you have this one shelf full of books to carry with you every time you're going to play a game. So the Battle Mech Manual, the original concept was let's put all that into one book and streamline it and throw away all the chaff and get it down to one book that you could take to a game and reference. And in doing so, in developing that book, we realized, well, wouldn't this be good for a, a new player? If we made a simple streamlined, you know, greatest hits sort of book. And so after the beginner box and the game of armor combat, the next thing we would point to is the um, battle mech manual. Okay. But that's, that's, we're. That's yeah. great. <laughs> that's, that's great to know because we, I, as a demo agent as well, I, I get that, con I get that question all the time where do I start? Because we're in the dark age, but Kickstarter was clan invasion. And we mm -hmm. have products coming out that are, you know, for secession more. And we have dark age and we have, it's as a new player coming in. It, I can, I can completely understand why they're confused and trying to get a good, a good path forward for, for people. Um, yep. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And that's that whole idea is it's it's we realize that it's not lost on us, but it is a work in progress to get the entire line to that point. You know, as it stands now, we have, um, well, like you say, people coming in and there's so many directions they could go. And even a helpful tool like the master unit list that we are constantly pointing people to when they're building their forces um, to help narrow down your force. There's still ultimately something like 5,000 possible unit choices. Yeah, there's a lot. Which is, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> when since you since you went there, Ray, how long is the projected timeline from stuff that's getting released in the rec guides to making it to the MUL? Um, I don't have a firm answer on that um, because it's a volunteer-driven uh, resource. Um, I have an email from a gentleman that is considering taking it all over. Uh, wow. So, can we make a suggestion for that gentleman? What's that? To be able to have a card that prints out for squad sizes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well. See, I'm I'm just talking about somebody. Um, um, just to update, just to update the database with yes. Oh, Sorry, blank okay. out a second. Yeah. yeah, to take over the data and and update that with the new units and all that. As far as the software that uh, that runs the site, that is also volunteer built, and we could make tweaks to it. But it's very difficult to ask anyone to just sort of come in and make huge changes or overhaul the whole thing. That sure. that takes a lot of time and planning. And again, it's such a minor thing when you take in the breadth of the entire MUL. Um, but yeah, the MUL is fantastic. I, I love that whole site. I gave you guys weighted. Yeah, but you know, I just it's, don't like using your stuff. <laughs> Screw you, can you, can you email me with the suggestion and I will pass it on? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I can easily do Aaron, that. Aaron, Aaron will take care of that. No. Okay. No, no, no. You're going to trust Aaron? I'll take care of it. Okay. okay there we go. <laughs> so in about two and a half I'll weeks, take, you can see my email. I'll take so, care. <laughs> so when, when can I expect my Turkina Zulu or Zulu or X-Ray to become advanced instead of experimental on MUL? You don't get never, it. Never. 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 The, the correct answer is never. That was a that was a that entire type that entire mech was just a typo. It was a it was a it was a whoops. Ray, just, just say no. Broken <laughs> dream. Broken dreams. You don't need Turquina's a better Turquina. <laughs> you already got one that does ten at medium range. That's effing ridiculous. Yeah, that's like somebody asking for a new Nightwolf. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Oh, that's awesome. Com completely different line of uh, of uh, topics there. That that is valid. And since we're still on community, how about we discuss is or does Catalyst talk about community and what is the outreach strategy? Ray left. He Bu Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> 
Screw you, man. He, he was thinking player. about that one. <laughs> he, he set his hair it's, on fire, fired right away. <laughs> who wrote that question? It's. Um, I'm not sure how to answer that. And that's fair. Maybe I can maybe maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I can rephrase it for you. Is there talk in in the the people who know about doing an outreach strategy? Other than just demo agents. Do you guys advertise? Right. That's like I said, we've got we've been working with Aaron and Jason on that, and that would be something to discuss with them. I could I could honestly say that when it comes to marketing, I'm not very knowledgeable. That's why the, the, the question of community outreach um, that just, I just kind of blank on that. We uh, just had that son of a bitch on, and he didn't say a single word about that. Didn't say a damn thing. Fuck Jason Schmetzer. Never again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Don't say that. His ass is going to be back in the hot seat at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were supposed to be trolling us tonight. No. Yeah. So Ray, I, I have to tell you, I did yeah. reach out. I did, I did reach out to Blaine, to mm-hmm. Schmetzer, to uh, Michael uh, Carmichael. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, told them, hey, we were going to have you on, and that if they were free, they needed to jump in so they could give you a hard time. But yeah. apparently, we're not as cool <laughs> as we thought we were. And no one wanted to do that, or they, or, or they have better shit to do. I don't know. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> or. Ray is just that kind of guy, and they don't want to screw oh. up their, you know, their potential for, oh. for being able to do things. That's where I'm going with it. See, that, there's what, there's that whole rock the boat one. metaphor again. See, yeah. Come uh, on, not pick on Ray. Ray'd stomp you. Uh, not <laughs> me. Speaking to it. <laughs> not me. But um, <laughs> do you want to 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 explore this a little more? The community outreach. What about? I, the I mean, question I, you have? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, does me, that here's, mean here's, that here's, you have something you want to add, or do you want to have some further questions? Let me let me give you some example. Maybe maybe that's yes. where I need to go. So I uh, I played X Wing very heavily for the last seven years, ever since the game came out. And one thing they would do is they they had a tournament structure. Which, mm-hmm. you know, they would do store championships and they would do regionals, they would do nationals. But the one thing that really galvanized X-Wing was their store championships. Mm-hmm. So they would have, hey, guys, come in and, and you, you play the game. And, and they sent out, you know, like a store championship kit, which had, swag. you know, like a, yeah, had some swag in it. And it was, it was just a, a simple little box thing. And, and then stores would promote that. And then players would come in and play the game. And you got sanctioned material from the company that kind of, you know, half-fast in a way, you know, like, ooh, look at what I got. You know, I won this store championship or I got, you know, second place or top four here and there. Um, with with Battletech, you have both Alpha Strike and Classic. And there is, I'm, I'm just, I guess what I'm wondering, and, and they didn't just do the, the, the tournament stuff. They did... Um, you know, like you guys have your your worldwide events, mm-hmm. and and that, I think those are awesome. Um, is there a way to maybe entice people to come in a little more 
and I know it's putting another thing on your shelf or something like, but just like lanyards or like a coin or, or all that stuff that's in the box set now or in the Kickstarter stuff. Is there a way that Catalyst could maybe expand their community outreach and get and pair with stores, you know, game stores to get them to run the events uh, that are sanctioned by you guys that have some swag or something like that to get Battletech kind of in the forefront as uh, of just like, hey, today's Battletech Day or this is our, you know, we're doing a Solaris 7 kind of a thing and you maybe include... I don't know, something or whatever. Um, yeah, somewhere along those lines, it, I know it. I know it's a whole other production line. It's other stuff you have to make, and then there's. But I, I just know that with X Wing, that's what really grew that community. Is that FFG would take those kind of store championship models and then basically allow the stores to run those kind of events, and it really, I think that was the the groundswell for X Wing. I mean, apart from being a really good game, but yeah, yep, that's where that kind of kicked into high gear. Well, um, I feel that the general question you're asking is bigger than just that sort of example. But going from that sort of example, I can tell you that that's the sort of thing that we've wanted to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um. But there have been obstacles. Sure. Um, like what kind of obstacles, I guess? Um, I mean, aside from the obvious, like, oh man, now we got to start making swag. That's one of the major things right there. Uh, to To invest in that kind of thing has been, I guess, a difficult conversation. And that's one end of it. And the other end is then coordinating that with the demo team and sort of both selling the demo team on that and having them coordinate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, there's a couple places where that keeps falling down. And it's it's not simply one person saying, okay, make it so. Um, if it were, then it would we would have been able to do it long ago. Oh yeah. But I still have hope that we could get to that point. Um, and like I said earlier, just uh, these things take <laughs> a really long time. Yeah. No, I, I can understand that you, there's a lot of, a lot of people that have to make, you know, to come to the same conclusion and, and it's not always the easiest thing. And, and the demo teams, I think are one of the, one of the better things that BattleTech has done it's it's putting people in locations around the world that are in charge of running these events um i'm just wondering because because the i mean store owners are used to this kind of stuff now i mean with magic and x-wing and uh, all these other you know quote-unquote competitive games they're they're pretty up and up on okay we're gonna we'll pay for this kit uh and then it's and then you just I mean, that's what they say is you have to find a judge or you have to find you're in charge of, of monitoring this event. Now, again, you don't want somebody who has no idea about Battletech running a Battletech event. Aaron, right. to, be honest, to be honest with you, I could see I could see a, a change happening after 
the Kickstarter has yep. been fulfilled and that there's actual, I don't want to say actual product because that's not the case, but you kind of get what I'm saying when I say that there's product that you can be put on the shelf, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> after Kickstarter is fulfilled and that product is available, I think that that conversation becomes a mm -hmm. different conversation at that point. Oh, and yeah. A hundred percent. If you're doing an event and somebody's like, oh, this looks really cool. Where can I buy this? And they're like, well, you kind of had to bring your own stuff kind of a thing. Well, now with the Kickstarter, I love the Lance packs. I love the salvage boxes. I love, I mean, that's what I've been wanting that's out of Battletech for so long. <clears throat> for somebody to go into a store and be like, oh, here's a clan star. Boom. I've got it. This yep. is my, this that's is my star. That is definitely part of it. Having that sort of product on the shelves um, will help motivate the retailers yep. for running those kind of events. Um, and we also need a shift in thinking um, for the kind of events that we host where it's sort of just show up and play and have a good time and go home to the sort of events that sort of promote uh, here's all these products, some of the, you can use these in the event come and play and you know like you say have some sort of prize support sort of thing to motivate that mm -hmm. all that works together so it's like andrew says that the kickstarter will help open those doors and with that we need some shifts in in thinking of um what we do with the That's demo team yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> well, you See said that, there. not me. <laughs> well, I I have all kinds of other conversations for that, but that's best uh, left uh, at a table with stiff drinks and face to face. That's another time and place. Anyways, that's, that's another time and place. <laughs> moving along, what can we do as podcasters to help out, Ray? Um, you guys are helping out. The podcast and the community that you guys have built is is freaking fantastic. Um, <laughs> Stroke the uh, ego. I, Stroke the ego, I, Ray. No, I, <laughs> coach, that's a needed ego. <laughs> he, he was talking about uh, the community coach. Oh, right. okay, yeah, yeah, right. the community, yeah. <laughs> you stroked the community and then answered back. Well, I, I honestly think that. Uh, that your community and the fact that we have all these little communities popping up and building is a great thing. Yours in particular stands out because of, and I don't know what you guys are doing, but I don't know if you're weeding out the negativity that seems to, to show up everywhere nowadays. Yes. Um, but you've kept uh, things really positive. I, I don't and, know. Ray, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't think we've, we have, I think honestly, Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I think maybe two people where we've had to have a private conversation with, but we we're very very upfront and very um, prominent in setting expectations with this group, and we've private conversations that we've had as well as quite frankly, don't know how we've gotten as lucky as we have had. Our group and the people that make it up are awesome. 
Well, the motto stands for itself. Wolfnet Radio Podcast. Don't be a dick. <laughs> it's, it's, right, it's right there, with, buddy. <laughs> with anybody that can put up with listening to us for three hours. Yeah. No, no troll has that much patience. <laughs> that, that, that's true too. That is true too. <laughs> but it is, it is interesting that you know, because now we're starting to see some podcasts pop up, and we're starting to yep. see a renewed um, YouTube presence from other people. Uh, and it's, I do think it all stems from the Kickstarter. It was the catalyst. I mean, no pun intended. Uh, that started it all. I mean. Like you said, you knew it was going to be a success, but not everybody knew it was going to be a success. And when we're looking at the numbers, and I think that first day, you hit F5, and it was like, well, there's another thousand, there's another thousand, there's another thousand, you know, it just kept going and going, and we're just like, I don't think there's an end to this right now. Yep. Um, Yep. I would would think that anybody didn't, if anybody didn't really believe that there were players out there, I think is out of touch with... The community. I mean, every every game store you walk into, like, hey, you guys uh, play any Battletech ever? And sooner or later, one or two show up. Yeah, somebody's ear perks up. You're like, Battletech? Do you know Battletech? I know Battletech. Do you know Battletech? I know Battletech. (laughs) It's like a secret code among gamers. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's... Honestly, my motivation since I started helping out in Battletech like 15, 20 years ago. When I was a kid and I first got into Battletech, we could go to our local store any time of the day. I mean, we could show up, we could walk over there after hours, middle of the night, and there's people playing Battletech. Always <laughs> Battletech. We could jump in and get a game. Um, and complete strangers just loving the game as much as us. And my goal is to see that again. And (laughs) if that day ever comes, I could quit all of this and just go back to a (laughs) a normal damn life. (laughs) I I, I feel like your fighting pornographics is going to, his stock market is going to tick up a little bit because... Man, once you once you get your battle mech all painted up, there's there's really no other better way to go than fighting piranha right now for for decals. So, Thank and you. you gotta have the decals. But everything, I think everything from literally going, I mean, scrapping everything and redesigning every mech and putting out the, I mean, getting the fiction engine going again and and having a brand new era for everyone to start with it's like everyone can start over again you know and, and i think that's a huge draw for every battletech fan across the the spectrum so yeah, there's a question there's a question ray are you a yes are you the are you a board game miniature guy for battletech or is it fiction that drives it for you or is it a combination um you want a long-winded answer? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So I, I, I recently discussed this with somebody because <laughs> that seems that seems to be the divide there. There's the game, um, which for the most part is just the tabletop total warfare. This is not even talking about Alpha Strike or um, 
the computer games, the card games. There's there's the tabletop game, and then you have the novels. Um, there's lots of people where the, the the two cross in their interests, but there really there really is a Venn diagram to it. There actually exists fans where there is no crossover. The thing that draws me to BattleTech is the setting, which is separate from the game and the storyline. The 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 universe, the IP, the, the the concept, the the houses and the clans, the battle mechs, the succession wars, all that draws me to BattleTech. Ever since, I mean, like I said, I got hooked with a tabletop game, kicking that rifleman's head in. <laughs> but what really it kept me all these years was the first time I saw one of those house books in the game store and picked them up and read them. Yes. Um, and that is, to me, is separate than the novels. The novels is a whole nother animal. And the storyline moving forward is a whole nother animal. And to me, Battletech is about the setting. The novels and the tabletop game or any variation of the tabletop game, a new tabletop game, a new computer game, those are all vehicles for the setting. I'm about the setting. It's have never, never heard it put that way. It was always one camp or the other. Like I, when I started, I first two years that I was a BattleTech guy. I, I read. I hadn't bought a miniature. Quite frankly, all I did was read. And yep. then I got to college and bought my first miniature. And well, that's another story, but. <laughs> um, it's that for me, it's always been the, the story driving, you know, driving things together. Hey, with, there's a new unit. Well, I got to go build that new unit now or the, the source books that come out that illustrate, you know, some other thing that like, Oh, I got to go build that now too. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. It's it, setting is that, that, that's a, much better way to put it. It was a beautiful answer, Ray, because you yeah. not only didn't piss off the writers and you didn't piss off the production guys. <laughs> Somebody should put him in, in charge of stuff. <laughs> you it there you go. That was almost and... a Johnson corner office, okay? You know, the flip side of that, if you look at it, anytime there has been some backlash in the storyline or in the rules... You really look at it; it's because it disturbs the setting, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of so. That's the perspective I have on things as far as where we're taking the storyline or what we do with the rules of the game. is trying to keep that setting even, not just keeping things stagnant, but keeping an eye towards the setting. There. That's, that's fantastic. That's a great answer. A great answer. It kind of uh, to go off of the what can we do to help? Um, is there like anything that you want the community to know about uh, fighting Prana Games? Any like helpful hints? Anything on ordering that stuff? We kind of jumped from through three conversations all at once there. <laughs> oh. um, no, there's nothing in particular other than. Um, uh, we are having an issue with our with our printers at the moment that should be resolved shortly. Um, but I believe uh, we're down to one printer at the moment, so we're still producing. It's just a little bit slower than usual. 
Um, and just to make everybody aware that um, the decals is, if anything, a third job for, for Brian and myself. <laughs> Brian Plunkett um, is the owner and the physical producer of the decals. Um, so if we're a little slow, I, I apologize. And I have not um, been able to do custom work for people for a while uh, just because of everything else. What? But um, I don't Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How much do you hate custom decals? Um, I don't hate custom decals. <laughs> I don't hate custom decals. You know what I hate? <laughs> Since you brought it up. Um, God, emails. So many emails. Amen to that, brother. Checkers. Amen so to that. Emails. Yeah, maybe an ordering system that doesn't require emails would be better. <laughs> yeah, we we have a website that's been in development for a while that it just sort of stalled. Um, sure. It got stalled. Uh, it, I mean, it's basically functional, but it's stalled in the data entry and some of the graphics. Um, so I'm going to see if I could put my, my oldest son on that and get it to move slowly. But um, yeah, we we've had that in the works for a while. The way it works right now is you just e email Brian, tell him what you want, and he goes and sends you an invoice. It's like two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, I know we would yeah. get a lot more orders if everything was, you know, yeah, on a website. Was... Click what you want. You don't have to deal with anybody. <laughs> and the same the same goes for custom work. I was just going to say, if you had a, a more streamlined way of, of getting invoices out, would you be able to keep up with demand? Because <laughs> I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of requests for decals in, oh, I don't want to say three months. <laughs> That's did, why um, did they give the number of just the salvage boxes? Yes. 8,500 so, or yeah, 85,000? I thought it was 82,000. Yeah, 82. It was eighty-two salvage boxes, and somebody just, did somebody uh -huh. did some math on it. Which, if you had a slant pack or a star pack or whatever, it's like six hundred and forty to six hundred and fifty thousand miniatures mm -hmm. are being produced for the Kickstarter. Yep, just the Kickstarter, just to satisfy Kickstarter. Not, yep, not no slouch. These guys are getting shit done. That's a lot of miniatures. Awesome. I don't, know I, don't know. I don't know if that fits on one ship or one <laughs> container. I bet one container could hold that many. We're going to need a bigger boat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, according to my math, there that that means there's one mini for everybody after Andrew gets his. Guys <laughs> <laughs> oh, are so funny. That was a good one. That was a good one. Well played, Dirks. Thank you. The question is, how many shipping containers does Andrew fit in? Oh, oh ouch. Dude, I had to get I have to get one in every show. I gotta get one in every show, and you just you just open the door for that one. So. Okay, that's fair. So what are we looking at for timeline right now with the Kickstarter for the wave one? September? Yeah, I believe that's what they announced uh, just the day before yesterday. Um, 
what was it? I think that the factory agreed to get them out out the door by the by July thirtieth. Thirty first. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was something like that. Wait yeah, a minute. That was then, that was yeah. Go ahead, Dirks. Oh yeah. Well, there was the the initial would be out by the end of July, and then all the stuff that got added in uh, Crowdox was would be done by the mid, middle of August, I think. Yep. Okay. That was that's how I read it, and then with it being shipped out to the various different hubs, you're mm -hmm. looking at mid September potentially to have all of the things together, and then the hubs will be running, you know, on their on their own schedules, and so you could potentially see people could potentially, if everything goes according to plan, start seeing things by end of September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I'm sorry is a lot sooner than I thought. Yeah, I figured it was going to be. I was going to be September. happy Gen Con 2021. <laughs> oh no, 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 not for not Wave One, no. Well, sucks for Tommy, because guess what? He clicked the, I don't want to get anything until I get wave two. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I can oh, play with your stuff. Awesome. <laughs> I can oh. play with Dan's stuff. <laughs> Ooh. You mean you, mean, you, you mean you get a beat on the table was, his stuff? That was a bad move. Oh. <laughs> Coach, did you win at Indy? Mm -mm. Oh, wait. No, mm -mm. you lost me. <laughs> wow. I, I can't really translate my middle finger through the airways right now. So, <laughs> oh, so Ray, do you have any new updates um, with, with Piranha besides? Uh, do, here's my here's a question: What is the most ordered decal? Do you happen to know which one that was? It's got to be Clan Wolf. Uh, it's Fed <sighs> Oh, there's well, more I, blood, I, there's I, more I don't have the numbers to tell you at the moment, but what it has always traditionally been is uh, the main Federated Sons logo and the main Ghost Bear logo. Yeah. Oh. Then and yeah. well, here I'll let you in on this. This isn't just the the decals. This is any faction products. Ooh. You always have Federated Sons and Ghost Bear at the top. The weird thing about Ghost Bear being the most bought faction is you don't really hear from a lot of Ghost Bear fans. At least I haven't. Right? Talking about quiet. They, they follow. Well, they, they, that's the fun you guys, thing about. You guys are quiet. The fun, that's the fun thing about BattleTech is, you know, we've we've had different. We've had we've talked about this on previous podcasts about Speak softly and carry a big pair of claws. Mm -hmm. yep. All of the factions yep. that are available, your personality. You can find a place where you fit, Absolutely. and you kind of take that on, right? And yep. bears people—they're typically yep. fairly quiet. But when you when start I... to look at you start to look at all the products that are manufactured, what is one of the one of the factions you see on most of the covers? Spare. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's just because the Ghost Bear fans are busy larping and staying at home <laughs> no it's because no it's because Randall's a ghost bear guy and that's why <laughs> he just buys uh, them all i will say <laughs> it is randall has final say in what the cover art is and he says make it ghost bear it is one of the cooler <laughs> uh logos i will say that the ghost the yeah. ghost bear was uh, it's a really cool insignia 
That is interesting. I would have not have pegged Ghost Bear as one of the more pushed products. Interesting. Well, there you go, maybe, Matt. Maybe it's a harder decal to paint. Oh, that could be. Pretty near that. It's fine. Hmm. <laughs> well, right, but but Ray's saying just across the board when it comes to any faction stuff, not just decals. Yeah. So the, the dice and all that stuff, right? If I was going to choose a house of... Uh, Spirit would be Fed Sons as well. You have to pick Rosselhog. Sorry. Nope, nope. That's that's half of Ghost <laughs> Bear, so. A tertiary. Oh, that's interesting. Ray, is there anything that is in the your head that goes, God, I can't believe these guys didn't ask about this? Oh, you know, I think you guys covered everything that I. I, I figured you'd ask. Uh, you sure you don't have anything else? Sure, there isn't anything oh. you can tell well, us about. Well, I want. I want. That the, almost sounds like a Blaine question. I want the first two. I want the first two pages. I'll give you an answer. <laughs> I want the first two pages of Ill Clan written out out aloud for me, but uh... it's not going to have your name in the first two pages. <laughs> no. What's your little What's your little uh, golden nugget you can give us about Ill Clan? As, cri- as cryptic as possible. Yeah, cryptic is good too. Okay. A thing happens on a place. Okay. <laughs> the thing with the guy in the place. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's it's not who you think it's going to be. No, we've already heard that. <laughs> it's exactly who you think it's, it's going to exa- be. <laughs> here's 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 a fun thing I was thinking about when you were talking about uh, um, the in between. You know, whether you're mm-hmm. lore or whether you're board game. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see myself. I, I I thought about it for a little bit. I kind of see myself as a source book guy as well because. I will go through source books and I will look at individual units, their TROs, their uh, their rats, and their their interesting uh, combinations and what makes them unique. And the one thing I noticed um, a couple of weeks ago is like there's only so many clan source books of Jade Falcon or Wolf. Why right. is that? And I think we can change that. <laughs> There was the source book for Jade Falcon and Clan Wolf, and then there was the follow-up of Invading Clans that covered the rest. And then, if yeah, I'm not only, mistaken, only if so I'm many mistaken, few pages. The rest of them were covered in Wars of Reaving. Is that correct, right? Um, you mean the 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 home clans? Well, I mean, it's, Ooh, I think, I think, good I question. What, yeah, I think what like I think that. what Matt's driving at is. As far as source material goes, on you have all the houses. clans other than Falcon well, and Wolf because they got their whole they got a whole source book dedicated to that. Yeah, like ninety pages, crazy. I I would like a suggestion of let's put some more and source books out there. The yeah, that's really where the clans lost out. They didn't get anything equivalent to the new handbook series, or relatively 10-plus years ago. But, um, I mean, they did get covered in, I think it was the Way of the Clans, uh, Mech Warriors, 
Guide to the Clans, um, the Field Manuals, but they didn't yeah. get anything like the the Handbook series that we did. Right. Um, and I think that <laughs> I, I'm not certain, but I believe that that was simply they didn't want to announce anything like that until they saw how the series did, and the series did not do well almost from the get-go. Oh, shoot. But, but they stuck yeah. it out and produced, um, you know, all the major houses and then the periphery states. And now since we got the Kickstarter with all these clans. And... Well, I mean, at this point, it's moot, right? Because there will only be one clan. Who is it? Who is it? Tell us, Gideon. Come on, come on, Ray. Oh no, 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 no. There's. There, you're that, still going to. That's, gonna... that's a whole other segment. You're going to have ill clan. I can tell you that clans are going to come. He's going to say something. <laughs> when we were really and truly planning out ill clan, everything was on the table. Everything that you could think of was on the table. I mean, with the exception of um, aliens. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Everything was on the table. So even you know the crazy stuff. Well, Wolverine, Wolverine, Wolverine was on the table. Right. Smoke Jaguar. Hey, the Smoke Jaguar stepped foot there first. That's on the table. Uh, Wolf Dragoons. Jamie Wolf was there. Everything was on the table. Um, okay, the clans are all wiped out. No more clans. That's on the table. Um, there's only one clan. They all unify. Um, they all fracture. They form a new Star League. Um, everything's on the table. So hmm. what will actually happen is anybody's guess right now. Did you hear? Did you guys <laughs> what hear what, what he is just said? What's going to happen is going to happen. Did you hear what he just said? He said Jamie Wolf was even on the table. Which co-host said that Jamie Wolf's clone was going to come back and become the Oak Clan? I'm pretty sure it was this guy whoa, whoa. right here. There's a there's the ego. I, I, we hadn't heard it yet. There it is. Hmm. Well, they're also yeah. talking about firing, you know, Krinsky's body through too. So well, you know, Schmetzer kind of said, you know, Jamie hey, Wolf. No, wait, wait. Jamie Wolf there's did have question. kids. There's Jamie Wolf question. did have kids. He did have kids. Devil and Stone. <laughs> Devil and Stone is Jamie Wolf's uh, kid. No. no, no, are, no, no. are we ever going to find out who he is? Are we going to find out where and how Devil and Stone came to be? It's possible, but it doesn't seem likely, which is unfortunate. Because <laughs> it, just, it just... His part of the story, his background and all that, the, the window for telling that story seems so far gone that it's not relevant now. But that doesn't mean it'll never happen. Okay, okay. now what about Devil and Stone? Because I, I don't really know about this Devil and Stone guy. Yeah, <laughs> F you, okay? <laughs> Devil and Stone, okay? And, I, I, I still think there's a lot of background that people still want to read about. Oh, the I agree. That's the beauty of the Battletech universe. Right. They can go you back. Can, you can go back to Jihad. And you can <laughs> oh, erase the the annihilation of certain units. You can you know fill in like, oh, this is how they got wiped out. That's is, good. Is Word of Blake done? <sighs> We're Where fighting him right now. <laughs> We're fighting. No, that's it's not, not, it's not <laughs> canon yet. <laughs> is Word of Blake done? Um, don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, 
I, I'm right now picturing Devil and Stone dying and whispering Rosebud. Oh. And then everybody's just going to be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I have I have one last question for you, Ray. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's more of a technical question. Um, okay. So I did pay money to have a canon character. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And then I had an individual, you know, play a... I didn't think it was very funny, but apparently everyone else thought it was very funny. The very whole funny. Uh, I'm in a book, not in a book kind of a thing. Uh, <laughs> just just want to know what kind of legal ramifications I have against Blaine Lee Pardo about uh, my monetarily uh, <laughs> can of character. Well, Whoa, uh, before you get a lawyer, calm down. I'm, I'm not an attorney, <laughs> so I think you, you should talk to Blaine's attorney. <laughs> Ray, Ray, the correct answer um, is... You're effed, okay? You're in the book. You're covered, okay? I am not in the book. Our obligation to you is covered. Said massive head wound. Uh, You're fine. That's awesome. Well, (laughs) all right. Let me actually see. Oh, don't don't do this. He doesn't need anything more. He's just being a douche. I'm just saying, uh, I... I have a fiduciary of breaking out the paddy wagon train. Here I was I on. was uh, a part of a very cruel joke, I believe, and uh... no, you threw down, and Ray came through. You may like he told us from the get go. You may or you may not like where things are going, but they're going. Hence. You threw uh, the gauntlet, he satisfied. Just had to give you a tough time. <laughs> you're going to have to reap what you sow. The uh, the situation was that you your character was mentioned. Is that right? In the book? Yeah. If, if you want to <laughs> draw the awesome. lineage conclusion, then yes, awesome. I was mentioned. I don't think I can go to Sarna with that kind of proof, though. <laughs> right. Well, I... I, I I will give you an honest answer, joking aside. Um, with the 5,000 plus people <laughs> we have to canonize, um, the, at, at minimum, people will get mentioned. That is the minimum. And we didn't promise more than that, but we so far are trying our best to, to be faithful to give every person something that they could appreciate. Okay? And then as far as your character goes, I'm looking right now, you are still on the list. So technically, yes! as far as my document is concerned, you haven't shown up yes! yet. Ray, Ray, the, the going joke with us is, mm-hmm. because he's a WolfNet operative, right? He's, yep. he's this spy. Yep. We always told Aaron that he was going to die as a newscaster. <laughs> and that, since he's not in, that needs to happen. <laughs> kind of like the Starship Troopers newscaster. Yeah, where a guy comes up and just gets stabbed you know, on the camera. Everything. All of ladies, that and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Battlefront. I'm your host. <laughs> I think I really need to stop poking Blaine. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for his new house to get done so I can send him flowers. Well, you, you F him the, the first statement, and then you send Flowers a second statement. I think he's going to have a little bit of a 
teeter totter and what he's going to do with you now. Oh, that's that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I hope he kills you. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's going to be off off screen too. It's going to be we're going we're going out live to our reporter Aaron Crawl. Whoops. Aaron, are you there? Hello, oh. <laughs> Aaron. Cricket. Crickets, crickets, crickets. Aaron's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. It's all fun and games when it comes to coach. You know that's that's what I'm here for. Just the beaten bag. All Maybe right, what you so? All right, wheel it back. Ray, yep. You got any? Got it. So you you gave a shout out to I believe Alex and to um, Schmetz Jason. You oh, got anything um, else? Uh, Aaron. It was Aaron Cahill and thanks. Jason Spencer. Thanks, Aaron. Man. Aaron Cahill. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. And uh, uh, if I gave shout outs here all night, but um. Um, what are we doing? Well, Kicking him off the show or what? Let's, yeah, I'm getting the boot. I guess. Uh, no, let me Man. let me thank the uh, the community first, foremost. Um, you know, everybody says it just because it's so obvious that it's true. BattleTech would not still be around now if it weren't for all the people that love it. Uh, whether they play the game, they read the novels, the video games, the people that love BattleTech, the community of all the community today is the reason that we still have this. Um, and I'd also like to uh, give a shout out just in general to all my developers and contributors and volunteer and the demo team and all the people who not only love the game, but work for it to keep putting out new stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, you can give me the boot now. Well, we don't have no, to. I don't have to. It's you up to you. Right? As long as you want. If if you don't mind, I'd like to hear about the the game. Uh, was it last <laughs> yeah. week or two weeks ago? Oh hell yeah! He can, yeah, yeah, hang out. That's yeah. awesome. But okay. first, we have to do just, a just break. just no. Well, just no. First off, just give him the. Well, he's heard our podcast. He knows it's going to yeah. go fucking south from here. So <laughs> <laughs> he kept it PG for thirteen for just for you, Ray. Don't, I appreciate. Don't it. you always know we start high and end low? <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> moving on i'm sorry i'm finishing this fireball tonight there you go yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah. life goals yeah, That's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta start off a monday off right okay, now that we're moving along we're gonna go to commercial break and we're gonna hear from time in history this month with uh charles gideon dirks with lore on this episode of wolfnet history briefs one man's dream is realized, which would cause countless deaths and sleepless nights for lords and cons for hundreds of years to come. Hello, Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's get to it. Six people stood around a table on the floor of the Hegemony Congress in the city of Geneva, Ontario. On that table rested 2,000 pages of legalese and a quill pen, representing the culmination of two years of negotiations. The date is July the 9th, 2571, and the masses were gathered to watch as the heads of the six great houses took turns signing the document. Ian Cameron, taking his turn last, recited the preamble from memory and affixed his signature to the Star League Accords, and in that moment, the Star League was born. 
Ian is often remembered for being a bright, handsome, and charismatic man who had set the goal of creating a government that united the entire inner sphere under a single banner, and through brilliant statesmanship achieved that goal in only 18 years. But, as is often the case, the reality is much more nuanced, and some might say tarnished. The path to the Star League could be said to have started with Ian's mother, Deborah, who during her reign as Director General of the Terran Hegemony instituted the Doctrine of Aggressive Diplomacy. The intention of this strategy was to leverage the hegemony status as the oldest of the Inner Sphere states to actively try to de-escalate conflicts between the other houses. This, of course, was not an act of benevolence, but rather one of self-preservation. The reasoning went that the fewer conflicts there were near hegemony borders, the less likely it would be that the hegemony would be drug into conflict. Hegemony intelligence was bolstered to support this aim at the expense of the hegemony military. When Deborah retired, she named her eldest son Joseph as successor. His outspokenness about doubling down on aggressive diplomacy resulted in him being assassinated by a disillusioned hegemony marine paper pusher who feared that further cuts to the hegemony military would leave the state defenseless. The unexpected death of his brother thrust Ian into the director generalship, but the foundation had been laid for his quiet incorporation of the rest of the inner sphere into his plans. The dream of the Star League may have quite possibly never come to fruition had it not been for the Third Endurian War breaking out between the Free Worlds League and the Capellan Confederation. Ian interjected in the role of negotiator to end the conflict, acting in line with the aggressive diplomacy strategy started by his mother. By promising increased trade to the Capellans from the hegemony, and the Free Worlds League agreeing to concede the Endurian systems to the Capellans, the war ended. The two warring nations were also convinced to secretly sign accords with the hegemony, laying the framework for a unified sphere under the hegemony's lead. This was also when Ian gained arguably his most pivotal ally, Captain General Albert Merrick. For his efforts to assist Ian in forming the Star League, Albert ensured House Merrick would be the Free Worlds League's representative to the Star League once it formed. This guaranteed his house's power in the splintered political landscape of the Free Worlds League for as long as the Star League existed. The economic boom this agreement created in the Confederation and the Free Worlds League was hard to hide from the other houses, and soon word of the alliance had spread. House Steiner of the Lyran Commonwealth was the next to sign on. Ian, with the help of the Free Worlds League intelligence operations, had been able to advantageously pump money into the industrial juggernaut of the Commonwealth's economy creating corporate interdependence between the Commonwealth and the hegemony. Seeing the writing on the wall and getting concessions of having Star League military academies based in the Commonwealth to boost your flagging officer corps, Archon Tracial Steiner agreed to support the formation of the Star League. Economic machinations had been so effective in the Commonwealth, Ian and Albert used the strategy again in the Federated Sons. Their Free Worlds League sent agents to Davian Worlds to encourage dissent between the five provinces, resulting in a complete economic breakdown in 2566. The economic boons offered by the hegemony and the promise to side with the Davians if hostilities were to break out between the Suns and the Draconis Combine sealed the deal. The last house to join was House Karita, who had been impervious to Merrick's attempts of infiltration and market manipulation. Frankly, though, with the other five houses aligned, there was little else the Combine could do, but they did ironically get a promise that they would be supported militarily by the hegemony if the Federated Sons became hostile towards them. Smiling broadly, Ian, now as First Lord of the Star League, 
shook hands with each of the house lords who had gathered to finalize the paperwork which promised prosperity across the inner sphere. The meddling of the Free Worlds League's covert operations was only ever known to Ian and Albert Merrick. The Star League, through deceptions, manipulation, and coercion, was born. Perhaps it was optimism which blinded Ian, or a belief that the ends justified the means. In the end, however, he would see the peace he so vocally advocated for crumble within two short decades. But we will have to cover that in another brief. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. First, shout out to our sponsors, Ares Games and Miniatures. Thank you, Derek King. Hopefully you all paying attention. <laughs> Looks like Derek received a significant restock. Check him out at AriesGamesAndMinis.com. Aries Games and Minis. Aries Games and Minis. Oh. All right. All right. So we're. Uh, thank you, Ray, for for joining us. And he's, as everybody know, he's in the wings. Hopefully, he'll uh, give us some shit here as we go through the, the rest of what we're what we're gonna do here. So. Um, we go to the dark side. Yeah. Um. So over here, we went. Uh, plenty of shit. We went. <laughs> We went to Indy last weekend. So we did. Like a bunch of idiots. So how much stuff did we pack with us? I know I brought like a bag and a case of minis and Oh let's, let's put it let's put it this way. My Tahoe, I'm glad I took the fucking back seats out. We wouldn't have gotten everything down there that we had in the truck. I don't think we would have brought as much to Gen Con as oh, we did no. to this one day. We were covered for just about anything. <laughs> can you can you guys tell that we really wanted to get out and play Battletech? <laughs> if you wanted to play Battletech, I don't care what it was, I had it covered. But Tommy brought a bar and a cooler, pretty much, and his entire collection. Oh. And his oh. entire collection, yeah. Which is not a lot. I mean, it's three Dewalt like heavy duty things on a pull cart. Yeah. It's nothing Dude. compared to your guys' stuff. I mean, I had two bags and my cute little suitcase from my son. I'm, I'm talking about your collection. Oh, yes. You hear this plastic? This is the last of the jungle juice I just finished tonight. <laughs> that was a half. That was a one liter. So anyway, we were invited to the Battle Barn for a weekend of BattleTech. So yes. 350 and 8K. 350 and, and 8K and all kinds of good. Um, challenge from Joe Gillibet and uh, the not named. The, 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 he, sh he who shall not be named, <laughs> who likes his ear licked, by the way, people. If you know who we're talking about, lick his ear. Probably not now, but after the pandemic, go ahead, do it. He really likes it. Uh, after we met up at uh, India at the hotel... We went to uh, the bars. It got a little weird. So that's where that stuff comes from. His coach. We had a wonderful evening. We went out to eat. And then we threw some axes. I got to give a shout out to whatever that axe company is in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, our our coach. Was it Wade? Wayne? Wayne. Wayne. Excellent job. We had a great time. Turns out Tommy and he sh who shall not be named cannot hit the broadside of a barn. 
But it was a great time. It was a fantastic time. Then we went over to coaches. Yeah, so we developed. And uh, if you guys don't know, if you're in the Indianapolis area, please patronize coaches. It's uh, Obviously, we go there for its name, but they also have an excellent bartender staff. And uh, what did what did Adam, our bartender, do for us, guys? He gave us a regimental drink. Gave us the regimental drink. I mean, you got that recipe? I do. I got it right here. Bite of orange. So it's uh, the the Wolfnet Regiment uh, drink is well. Now I lost it. You didn't our put it in the show Will, notes. Our coach's our coach's name was Wyatt, by the way. Oh, Wyatt. Wyatt. Wayne. That doesn't sound right. Like your it son. was Wyatt. Yes, exactly. That's why I know what his fucking name was. Mm. <laughs> Ding. Oh, uh, so who who does have the recipe? Tommy's got was, the recipe. It was an ounce of Eddie's. It was an ounce of Eddie's vodka, half ounce triple sec, shot of orange juice. Shake that up, pour it in a glass, splash of orange Red Bull on the top of it. Tastes like tang. It was stupid good. It was really good. It did taste like tang. He warned us (laughs) it tastes like tang, and he was right. He was not kidding. It was very good. We said, we said, make us a drink that's orange, and he came back with that, and it was freaking good. I gotta so make a of glass you, of it and see if I can last on it. All of you mech warriors and spacers out there that really enjoy the taste of Tang, now have your regimental drink: vitamin orange. We will. Uh, I will make sure to Eat tag it. that uh, that uh, recipe in the show notes on Podbean. But cool. uh, I think yeah. after the third or fourth one of those, we were well on our way. Dude, you were on your way before we got there. Well, I'm in Indianapolis, and that's what I do. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I was having anyway, a great time. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Axe throwing was fun. I, I did not think that that was going to be as fun as it was. That was a good time. I think, yeah. Bad Joe axes. And, there you go. Bad axes. Joe and he who shall not be named made that a, a pretty good time. So, you know, thanks to them for getting that set up. And there was some swag exchanged. We uh, brought out some patches, some brand new patches. Thanks, Tommy, for getting those done up. Yep. Do we have any of those left, Tommy? Oh yeah. yeah. There's, there's okay. Be a bunch left. Yeah. So we might we might have to post a picture of one of those. First of all, we I'm should happy. probably express ship one of those out to our wonderful guest Ray Arista. Yeah. I think yeah. he deserves yeah. one of those. Neat. <laughs> yes. Neat swag. <laughs> And uh, we'll post a picture on... I think we did post a picture on Facebook page, didn't we? No. Oh, we should do that. No, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm digging the new... I'm digging this patch, though. I'm I really was, liking it. I was really happy with it. So this... So so everybody knows, you know, I, I did put out a, a call for... Um, we need a new regiment logo. Or to get our regiment logo... Refined. Quote, unquote... More, more refined, more professional, whatever. Dated. But the the patch that we have for our podcast is what we had made, and I'm I'm stoked. I, re- I really like it. Yes. So any graphic artists out there, uh, please get a hold of us on our Facebook page because we are looking to revitalize the uh, Wolfnet Regiment Special Operations Group uh, uh, logo. So uh, only. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. No, Ray, just sent me, a couple Ray just sent me his address, so 
I got that. We're good. Been Pocket looking at percent. a couple ideas already as well. And that address is one one three four. Send send all story ideas send and new all, rule changes. All product to him. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> Or if you have trouble getting uh, in contact with them, you can contact us at WNRPWallStreetGames.com. You can do that. Look at there. Look at him go. Oh, Aaron. Nope, nope. I'm staying out of this I one. Think, I think I have your coin at my house. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, we did get some sweet printed coins from uh, Joe. I, and, I uh, have two of them. Grandma. You have two of them? Oh, no. I have two. I'm gonna have he to do. Gonna I'm gonna have to do bad things now to get that back. Bad things. Also got some really cool um, Indiana Alpha Strike stickers from uh, Ray and, and uh, Raymond. Uh, Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, we had we to make Ray sure on, to. We have Ray on the line. Between, yeah, Raymond. we had to make yeah. sure to make that distinction. So anyway, after uh, the debauchery that was Friday night. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, I don't remember much of it. I don't even remember getting we've, home. We've had a lot worse. I, we have had a lot worse. I do That's not right. doubt that you don't remember how you got home. I think Tommy and I pulled security on the left and right limits while Andrew pushed you up the middle. I think Joe I tried was, to try to convince me that I tried to take a leak on uh, Peyton Manning's statue. And no, you tried to pee. You tried to pee on the bushes in, in the front bushes. Of yeah, Peyton yeah, Manning. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's okay. It's it's a publicly owned property, right? Sure. It's Privately. <laughs> it's, I hate to say Whatever. that, but it's Indy. So anyway, then we went to the Battle Barn. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. A, what guys. a place, man. Guys. What a place. So Battle Barn is nice awesome. Nice and had a big breakfast <laughs> as quick as we could through uh, drive through no, well, after- no, 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 no. Hold on. Breakfast consisted of... He who shall not be names, Bloody Marys. <laughs> there's there's a good right. word for debauchery. That was ridiculous. Good Lord, yes, it was when you, awesome. <laughs> when you roll out of bed, take a shower, and then knock on the door with a Bloody Mary mix, that's pretty good. Service. You know, I understand trying to refine the art of a Bloody Mary, but man, you took it a little too far for me, anyway. No, we didn't. Those course, things were awesome. I found out that you guys made mine a little stronger than everyone else's. So, well, we figured on. you needed a little hair of the dog. So. <laughs> I was about to say that. It takes ten minutes to mix a Bloody Mary. You know it's going to have a good bottom. Let's just say I don't need sriracha at nine o'clock in the morning. It was a good time. It was really it good. It makes you howl. He did make me howl. Ooh, there's a good yeah. Okay, all right. Wolfnet, the Wolfnet howling uh, Bloody Mary. That's good. That's a good name. By the way, uh, Ray, before you do leave tonight, you do have to do the the wolf howl. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I but, can do that. <laughs> Another shot of fireball. Let's go. So, so we we pull up. We pull up into this town outside of Indianapolis, and uh, there is a gorgeous house to the left. And there's a, a the woods. giant barn. I mean, this thing is brand spanking new. That is had it? to be what? 30 across, 60 wide? Oh, at least. Something like uh, that? I think I think the barn itself with the deck was 50 feet. Either way. You and walk in, yeah. and it is, 
it is like walking into gamer heaven. It was just table upon table upon table of beautifully painted terrain and maps. And there's a freaking 3D printer over there. And there's a Sweet. fridge. Another one. And another one. And another oh, yeah. one. I, I bet he had five printers in there. Three or oh. four. So we'd like to give a huge shout out to uh, Ryan Kimmel at the Battle Barn uh, for being a great host and facilitator with excellent, excellent facilities. Yes. Yeah. For not. Yeah. For not throwing me out after ten minutes of walking in the freaking door. They dropped like same Marauder like three times. Dropped him. I dropped oh. a Marauder. So he had, a, so he had he had some three D printed miniatures and large so, scale miniatures. So. Ryan, so Ryan, Ryan is Ryan, and he has a couple other people that are very good friends of his. They actually run all of the gaming in and around, or potentially for the state of Indiana. Forty K hordes, BattleTech, all of that stuff, and and, and and they had to continually rent out space all the time, and Ryan was in a position and he just said, Hey, we, we had this place and he built this, this two stall double, double deep garage. And that's the battle barn. And what a place. And Ryan's got contacts all over the world, specifically around painting where he will have people fly in from England. And I think the one cat that he said comes in is like a 12 time, golden demon winner something like that i mean ridiculous and they'll hold a four-day painting convention at this place and provide provide the miniature you're going to paint and go through techniques and all of the different kind of stuff phenomenal it's 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 not cheap but seeing the stuff seeing the stuff that they had in there and the stuff that they did he had a, a large a 160th size uh, Thunderbolt that they just did like two weeks beforehand of a painting deal. It was gorgeous. I mean, it just, if you sit there, if you, if you put it on the table and you kind of looked at it, sort of kind of cross cross eyed, you'd swear the thing was moving. It was, it was really well, well, well done. Um, And uh, uh, Ryan would give you the shirt off his back. um, Completely. Very nice, generous. Freaking um, A, you, that guy if, was a. If, if, you, if you needed something, it was he was there to help you. If you needed to provide meals for your your team or group that was there, he would go get them. As long as you you know paid and he flew, uh, it's perfect. That guy was an absolute Avanti's angel. I mean, it was just he w- he was a host among hosts. He was a host among hosts. The, I I would hey, Ryan Ryan big shout out. Freaking kudos to you, buddy. Awesome work. Awesome work. So we actually went there and met um, Raymond. Raymond. And Raymond White. Deacon. Raymond Deacon. Deacon is part of the, the Wolfnet group. And Raymond brought it to our attention and had been um, asking about our restriction in our 350 rule set on artillery. And he said, hey, artillery isn't that bad. And, and we, we, were, we had to take a step back and we were honest with ourselves and in battle tech classic we had never really played art artillery and that for us translated over into alpha strike and had never really played artillery 
which is, eh, I'll, I'll be honest, that's one of the reasons why I excluded it from the rule set is because I just had never played with it and thought it wasn't worth the time. Well, it is worth the time. But... It's not and, overpowered and, in the sense of the... It, it wasn't. And Raymond pointed that out for us. And, and I mean, absolutely kudos to him. We had great conversation around it. It was not heated. It was not... Um, the word. It was it was fun. It was not confrontational. confrontational. Yes, it was not confrontational at all. We we had a great we had a great back and forth, and he showed us he showed us a lot of a lot of things around artillery, and in that it was not quote unquote overpowered. Well, and the great yeah. thing about that game, I played him first game, and he says, "Okay, this entire list has all artillery, all of it, all of it had artillery." And I looked at it, and I'm like, okay. Um, and the one thing about artillery, when you have to remember an alpha strike, is generally artillery units don't have a lot of armor and structure. So I was like, all right. I, I brought my, uh, my, my Butcher 350 list, which is a Marauder 2C2, Marauder 2C3, Warhammer 2C3. Um, I have a Spider 8X, and... Um, Two, stuff. two Longinus uh, battle armor, two Epona E's, and uh, two v, uh, two Balak VTOL uh, strikers. Right, but okay, what was it? What was it? So that's your full three hundred and fifty. That's what my th- full three hundred and fifty. Yep. What was the two hundred you put on the table? I put I put both Marauder two C's, a Warhammer two C, and an, and a Spider eight X. <laughs> I went. God dang. I went that's... big. That's big. I was like, yeah. you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna shoot me without me being able to shoot you, I'm gonna see somebody and I'm gonna erase them off the board every single round. Went for absorption of damage. It yeah, I took I put a lot of armor and a lot of structure on the board and we rolled and we got King of the Hill, which I thought, uh oh, this is gonna be really good for artillery. But um Raymond? He he proved that artillery can be dangerous, but there is a drawback when you spam it like he did. You don't have a lot of, of armor, so you can't keep a unit on the board. So I've got a lot of armor, a lot of structure. He's he he the artillery was potent. It was taking a unit of mine off the board every probably round and a half, but I was taking one of his off every round. That was so, an extra phase too. That was an artillery phase as well. There, well, it, in artillery, it's allows a you a, attack. It's an extra. It's attack. not a different phase. It's an extra attack, and um, it it came down to basically a Marauder two C two untouched walking up to a long tom uh, vehicle and going sup, and I just <laughs> threw everything at it. <laughs> And we had 25 minutes left in the round, so I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win this one. <laughs> but it was it was potent. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was... Um, it has its place. It's got its place. It's not broken. I think that's what the big takeaway from um, the the event was, is we, we modify the rules... Power. To allow, it's not, it's not over. It's not overpowered. It's not it's overpowered. Not, it's not that it was. You can, it's not that it was broken. It's not overpowered. Yes, it's not overpowered, and you can beat it. Um, our our original ruling was no artillery. We we modified that after Raymond's um, very convincing argument uh, to allow two units to have artillery, 
and but I wanted Raymond to to come at me with everything. I just spam it. Let's see what happens. No, now, no, let's 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 talk about why we left it at two and not left it completely open, right? So, I, I believe on the way home we talked about it as well that Raymond's list and what he brought to you as far as spam goes, tactics wise, was not the smartest. But that being said, right, with the number of units that are available to the BattleTech universe. And how the MUL deals with the variations of units, we still felt that potential as as tournament organizers and as people who are putting forth something to call out and let people bring their own stuff, that it is the duty of those rules to squash and prevent spam before it even shows up at the venue so while we, we we did have a conversation around taking away the we have the concept of rule of two oh, yeah, take, you can take two units of, of anything and once you reach two you can't take more well in this scenario when you start talking about artillery you could take two mechs you could take a thunderhawk and you could take a loki 2b with with artillery you right. could take a long tom you could take a thumper there's two centaur battle armor that have artillery not under i mean with, with the plethora of units that are available we felt on the way home we had a very long well i, I bet the conversation took almost an better than an hour there oh. was still the concept of there are smarter people than us that are out there <laughs> that can find a combination of things that potentially could make a spam artillery unit effective. And limiting it to two units in your whole 350, we felt was a pretty good. Um, it was. It was a good. Com- it was a good compromise. It's a yeah. good compromise. So that's that's how we landed at it. So at going forward now, you know, we we are allowing artillery. Um, it, it keeps a good mix of combined arms. Which do, do we want to talk about this last week's conversation around the other thing that that we had denied? But I got the wild ass idea that hey, should, we should include it and then hold it back out. Again. No, that's well, out. Can, can, that's out. Can I talk about uh, my match yeah. with Raymond? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, that you were you were up next. You were absolutely you were. Um, and then maybe if you want to talk about that, we talk about later. Um, okay. So, so my match against Raymond uh, came up, and Raymond brought a uh, a more conservative artillery list. Well, um, what was it? What was it? We told him we wanted. So you played Aaron, and it was spam. Okay, great. Now we wanted him to play you with a competitive list. Is that that's yep. kind of how we framed that's, it, right? And, and that's what I did. I brought my what I consider my my second best list that I that I've created. Um, I had and what I came with to and it was um, oh, well, I'm drawing a blank. What's the five trying to take over five areas? 
Domination. 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 All right, domination. I took, uh, I took two bandits, two iron holds, two gnomes, a kage unit, kage, kage, and a wolfen C and a flamberg prime. Again, I probably butchered the flamberg or Fl- I usually call it flamberg egg, but junior, junior, damn wolfen. Um, yeah, that thing's awesome. So. <laughs> Getting back, so uh, my my usual strategy, I'll, I'll throw the iron hold and a gnome and a bandit. I'll throw the other iron hold and a gnome and a bandit. And the Kage will have fun with the wolfen. Um, and I just use the Flamberger Jag for some fire support or whatever. Now, Raymond took a uh, an excellent list with Proto-Max. Protos. We got we got cool. educated that weekend, didn't we? Oh yeah, I yes we did. Super educated on Protos. Um, he had an Omen, a SRM carrier, the those five a point of Protomex, and then he had three, um, I believe it's three units of uh, those motorized, pretty much infantry uh, artillery guys. Or two of them, or it, oh, the it. infantry, the mo- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're yep. talking about. So, and and I knew, of course, that the, the so his list comes down to I'm going to take flags, but my list is also I'm going to take flags. I come out right off the bat. I I unload my iron hold and gnome and and bandit. He throws his artillery right out there, and boom. First get go. Two damage to the iron holds, two damage to the gnome, two damage to the band. And I'm like looking at that, I'm like, oh, so artillery is anti my my list. Huh. It's that a good idea. counter to your list. Yes, it's it's a very good counter to my list. Uh I I could go detail by detail, but I'm not but we're not gonna bat rip this thing. Yeah, so long story short. I uh I backdoored Raymond, <laughs> and then <laughs> um, uh and, and and got a uh, I got pretty much four four areas secured in one turn, or so I had two of them secured and I secured two in one turn to equal four to win the match. Now, I told Raymond and Raymond, if you're listening, you had me beat if we were a stand up fight. Those proto max were going to kill me and sooner or later uh you just had some really bad rules on your artillery um ain't dice yeah i i understand completely how dice rolls usually it's the other guy that rolls bad dice and if i can interject one thing it is a high dice roll for artillery oh yeah it you're not rolling sevens and sixes you're rolling eights nines and tens so that was the other thing that came through with my game is like, okay, if he hits it, yeah, it works. But if he doesn't, I, th- I think Raymond killed his own infantry with a because it scatters. With right? it, sca- it scatters Scatter. afterwards. Yeah, yep. drifts. Which so, was which was key in my game. So, um, so I did win at the end, but barely by the skin of my teeth. I feel, um, Raymond, that that was a really good match. 
but I think the the last match of the day was uh, a nail biter as well. So, yeah, oh, that you're was just ours. happy about that one. You're just happier about that one because you got to beat Coach's ass again. I don't know if it was a beatdown, but you know. beatdown. You lost the last game of the match, though. The last it game was the- Tommy went three and zero. I went two and one. It was a. Uh... <laughs> I didn't play. <laughs> oh, I'm getting to that. Don't worry, I'm getting to that. Jesus, uh, for Tommy, no, I did not. For Tommy, I did not play a 350. Tommy and I's game, we we uh, rolled bunkers or uh, rampage, and, and we beat this thing to the. It's like a dead horse. We've played this <laughs> match. Oh so many man, times. we played that so many times. Um, it it came down to the wire. It was it it and in rampage. You have to understand that. Once the first bunker goes, something in your brain clicks like, uh-oh, I better go take a bunker and not continue with your your strategy of just... Yeah. Too oh, late. No. It's too late. It's, it's more of, oh, crap. Tom still has fast stuff on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I, FAF. Yeah, it, that's that's my new term. He F-A-F. was definitely fast as fuck. That, that's definitely fast what it was. Yep. And um it it just it just when he took out both of cuz I was trying to do what Tommy has a, a an initiative sync idea that that works out very well and it's within the rules and I thought I'd get cute and do the same thing when in turn I probably shouldn't have and he destroyed my battle armor. Well, at that point, for me taking over a bunker with my infantry is null and void. And so I just went to strategy number two and just go kill everything that Tommy has. <laughs> yep. And uh, when he took the first bunker, I I deviated away from that, and that was my that was my downfall because I couldn't put enough, I couldn't pump enough damage into a bunker and keep him from taking bunkers. So it's like, and we've been harping on this three fifty tournament format. There's a lot of strategy in there, and. And tactics is a big, big thing. So, if you forget your objectives for a moment, mm-hmm. you, will, you will lose. So, uh, another thing that came out of um, that we've been that we practiced and we've have let in is uh, infantry being covered by non-infantry units. Yes. Oh, yeah, vehicles. We 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 read through the rules on the way home, and went. Holy shit! We haven't been doing that, so that—that's uh, uh, people got to pay attention. There's a rule got, in the Alpha Strike. To that one. There's a rule in the Alpha Strike Commanders Edition that is called—it's an optional rule that we have deemed necessary in the 350 rule set, which is non-infantry unit cover, which, which means none of you use. <laughs> which means if you if you end. go ahead, Tommy. Oh, I, I said I, I use it at the end. Um, yeah, but yeah, you, you have to say it. It's one of those uh, uh, game state. It, it game is a state versus missed opportunity. It is a missed Correct. opportunity if you do not declare it. Declare yep. it and put the correct dice down. The other side can say, "Well, you didn't declare that they were hiding," because that's what I didn't do. I didn't declare that my units were hiding behind my inf- my transport, which made so, them very easy to shoot. Which, right. if you're transporting oh. BA and you download them at the end of their movement. Can utilize them in base to base as cover for your BA. Correct, and it adds a plus three to hit. 
your infantry yeah. unit. If you're using and your transport as a non-infantry as unit cover, it adds a plus three for them to hit you. It adds a plus one for your infantry to shoot out. So it as is long as as long as your line of sight passes through whatever it is you're passes through the transport. Yes, or so, whatever. So there, so that that comes into the rub. If your units, let's say your units are firing away from the your cover, the units still get a plus one. Mm-hmm. Yes, but if the if the mech or whoever's firing at you uh, has a line of sight that's not with that has does not have the obstructed obstruction they don't get a a plus three to hit so as long as the line passes through the transport it's plus three if it doesn't bye bye infantry and that's what happened too so So, this is this is something that i've been struggling to try and get in the 350 to define is what is game state versus Missed opportunity, and that—that's something we've been going back and forth with a lot. So there's 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 the concept of as you're playing in any game game system, there are things that you will forget. I am notorious for forgetting that my mech is overheated and <laughs> moving my full movement points. I'm, that's that's why I went to the bead system that I have, so I can remember that shit. Anal beads? What? Yes. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not anal beads. They're, they're very small for anal beads. Oh. They're, they're they're glass beads. And anyway, I'll leave that one alone. That went dark, Tommy. That went dark. <laughs> not gonna lie. Oh yeah, it was very dark. Um, <laughs> we can brighten so it up with there's, let co tokens. So there's the concept of game state versus missed opportunity. So in a game state situation is, for instance, a mech that has heat and moved its full movement points, and then you realize at some point in time during the same round, oh shit, I shouldn't have moved that far. That's game state. Versus a missed opportunity of, for instance, you have dismounted your infantry and you're in base contact with your transport but did not declare that you were taking that special option rule of um, cover for your infantry Mm -hmm. or that you are transporting your infantry on an omni mech and you don't place a die next to your infantry meaning hey we dismounted from our omni mech that is a missed opportunity Game state are things that have to be resolved because they are something that happened due to a rule. It's must versus may. There you go. Thank you. Uh, You may dismount your battle armor, and you may have uh, the option to do a non-infantry cover. A must is my mech did have one heat, and I could not have moved that far. That, that, that's a better way to state. You you do need to add that in my attempt right. to describe uh, it. Ray, do you have anything to add on on that kind of? That's a that's a pretty big discussion in our three fifty. Uh, do you ever come up with those may versus must? He probably hasn't seen the <laughs> reset of the rules. But, but that's that's a game um, that's a game thing everywhere. 
especially in BattleTech Classic. I mean, what do what is the ruling on something where like, oops, I forgot to do this. Can can I do that? What is is are there any rules like that in BattleTech? Not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Okay. Because I do feel in the universe of BattleTech, both Classic and Alpha Strike, a lot of discussion could be ended if there was a game state versus a missed opportunity. Because we all know, we've all had those games where, (laughs) you know, you start out and you're playing BattleTech and you're an hour into it and all of a sudden an hour goes by with people get their rule books out and they do this and and it's just discussion and nobody's playing the game. It could have, should have. So that, that brings up another question for me since we still do have Ray on the line. Um, as a as a judge and as a demo agent, there's oftentimes where you will come to a situation and be asked to make a ruling, and as a ruling, you still can't. There still isn't a clear indication as to what is the right call. Right. And in, instead of getting into a debate my thought process is a we're playing a war game b there is the golden rule in any in any martial game or execution if you will no plan survives contact with the enemy is it appropriate in your opinion that if you are a judge or if you're playing a game and you get into a situation where there really is not a clear delimitator of it fits this rule or that rule to roll a 1d6 and odd is yes even is no or vice versa whatever you want to have it and use that as the ruling to keep the game moving is that is that a fair way to handle things i cannot swear at this moment if we've ever published that but that is absolutely the answer Okay. Ooh, update for all rule books. No, 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 no. That, that I'm not. Just I, I am not. I'm not here to put Ray on the on, on no, the record no. of for anything. It's just I'm, yeah, I'm curious put, put as on the to put him on the record. <laughs> Double the record. record. Okay, there you go. Double in, record. In this. Double record. It's, it's it's something. It's something that that if the I've rule always... is unclear. If the rule is unclear to everybody there at the table or to the to to the judge. If it's going to derail the game for like ten minutes while you you have to reference back and forth between pages, roll a die, and then that is the rule for the rest of that game. Okay, so okay, like so let's take a, let's take a step back and say, for instance, it's a line it's a line of sight call. Mm-hmm. Is it two thirds okay. or is it a half or whatever? Right. That's that's more what I'm talking about. Normally, for rule situations. I think, for the most part, there's and and I'm I'm going off track because I know now that I'm saying this, I know that there that I, there's a counter to it. <laughs> but uh, let's let's go strictly for line of sight or for for things that are quote unquote a judgment call. Is that, yeah. in your opinion, an appropriate way to handle that situation? so that you can keep things moving forward because at that point in my where i'm at 
as a demo agent or as a judge in that instance i can't be seen as favoring one or the other it is going back to the whole concept of we're playing a dice game and there are odds that that are involved in this and again it's a war game so no plan survives contact with the enemy shit happens that that seems to me to be an appropriate way to handle that and i'm just curious as to what your take is on it i agree see i disagree you're full of shit i i do i if you're a judge you need to make a decision well okay if we're talking about a judge that's coming in he's he has nothing to do with the game the judge should make that decision but yes. it's also the judge's call if he wants to use that map. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I agree with that. I, I just think if it's a judge's call, I think, right. hey, man, from my angle at this, and my angle is the official angle, it's this. But if he's like, oh, my goodness, I don't know. I think it should be upon him to, to – it should be a judge addition. Be like, guys, I – this is really close, so I'm gonna do this. Sure. And I am, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm by no means am I advocating that. Hey, as a judge, this is gonna be my fucking ruling all the time. Roll the die and and f you and and move on. Right. No, I'm saying truly when there is this the situation of yes, I personally don't even I I don't know a clear way to go through with this in this instance this exact moment in the game. This is how we're going to handle this. Yeah. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, if there's a judgment involved in it, yes, the judge, that's what your role is. But if you're asking for a line of sight or you're asking for right. a, that kind of thing where it's a judgment call and you can't, you're, you're there and say, I really don't know. And to if, tell you the truth, that's, that's a, you, a viable you, way to solve it. If you cannot measure that, a viable result and you know ask your game marshal if the game if the judge can't make right. the call have your game marshal be like if it's not measurable if there's no clear-cut answer do it yep but i can but tell you same, as but, a, a, but at the same time you don't want to take a whole lot of time to do this we've only got 80 minutes to, to as, persecute the scenario as a competitive gamer fast keep it fast as a competitive mm-hmm. tabletop gamer i would have loved if there was a rule for judges to go even if the judge cannot make a, a 100% call, it is up. It is absolutely in his right to roll a 1d6, and this way is this way, and this way is this way. I can't tell you how many X-Wing games would have gone differently if that was the case. Yeah, that's why I cannot tell you if we've ever published it, because to me it seems so obvious. <clears throat> that yeah. I don't know if we've ever spelled it out or not. Right. Um now. To, be you know, with you, to be honest with you, Ray, I think, I think it's actually put out as a suggestion, but not right. as a rule, if you will. Ray, I'm going to go I, back to interview thing. Have you ever played a tabletop game competitively? I, I would say yes, but a few times. What game would I, that I've be? Never... Um, BattleTech. Um, 40k. Okay. Um, because when you say BattleTech, I'm like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Right. right. 
<laughs> but if you say war, if you say Warhammer 40k, they have a structured tournament setting. So yeah, uh, like a tier one event, like the Blood yeah, Man, yeah, Solaris Cons. And and I tell you what, I the the BattleTech community is going to be the toughest one for us to break into. It is going to be hard, and we're already getting well, pushback. We've but seen it though. It We've can be done. It. it can be done. I I'm a hundred percent in. It can be done. There's for sure. I mean, this discussion you're having right now, I can think of uh, tournaments that I've played in BattleTech where I felt that the judges were biased. Oh yeah, just absolutely, you know. And um, I'm, I'm talking about the you know the old facet days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've run some tournaments where we've had players that hey this is the rule and i know it's the rule and it's always been the rule and everybody else in the room is telling the guy it's not the rule it just absolutely isn't you get these you know intractable um rules lawyer um i don't know it's just it's a, it's a habit we're gonna have to break necessarily to do with, right because it's not it has nothing to do with the the rules nope. or the tournament or the judges it's but, how I played it at home. Yes. And my interpretation, and it's just, it's, and believe me, the minute we came up with this 350 thing, I, I told all these guys, I says, the hardest nut to crack is to get people to abide by a set, strict set of rules. And yeah. the Battletech community is, is not an easy one to crack. Any other? Right, well, and the reasons why is like a whole it's a whole rabbit hole. Oh yeah. And we don't need to get into that. No, we're not gonna get into that. That's discussion <laughs> that's for next true. time you're on the on the show, Ray. Oh, anyway, move along. A swig of fireball. Swig. Yeah. Swig. Count it count to three. But I don't, I wanna wrap up the whole battle barn thing. Well, okay. Huh. Okay, so Tommy, you got anything else you want to talk about our game? Because uh, nobody else on this cast was involved in the fucking 350 tournament. Matt what? played F you. Okay, yes, Matt, you get to you get to talk about your 350 experience. Thank you. It's nice to be noticed. So mm-hmm. uh, Chris was one of the nice veterans that retired that came up and said, "Hey, I got a 350 list." I'm like, "Great! I just got done with an 8K that took forever, so we're gonna have fun with this now." Which and we'll get to. Yeah. Whatever. Oh <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. So uh, he brought in a 350 list of Arabs. Was it? Was it entitled? It was the first, the first, amfi- first amphibian light assault group. Yeah, it was a Kirita Kirita unit, but they were the that's Arabs that that's of Arab descent. There's three awesome. planets. Um, yeah. Uh, every it was a great looking, um, custom painted, um, built uh, 350 unit. Every every opponent that we saw at the battle barn, besides us, um, had yeah. a gorgeous, gorgeous custom painted. I mean, Indianapolis and Illinois have some great painters out there because <laughs> I saw nothing but custom, beautifully based painted assembled everybody everybody paid money oh, good yeah. money to have their yeah. armies more or less professionally painted 
which or, was awesome to see. They that's what we're after for premiere events. They paid oh, money to the show. Favorite. They paid money to make us look like freaking trolls under a bridge. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we were kindergartners painting with. Yeah. we were finger painting. We're using man. finger that paints. Was, These guys were Mona Lisa and Monet and and freaking. Oh, they were so nice gorgeous. Stuff. They were gorgeous. Yeah, pretty nice stuff. Even the uh, even his light mech had a banner bearer. Oh, is uh, Rokurakubi or yeah, Rokurakubi, yep. Rikarubi, Rokarubi, like Rokarubi. There we go. <laughs> that, unit, that, that unit had a that unit had a banner on the back that looked like fabric. So tight. Oh man, I was envious. So uh, kudos for uh, custom work jobs and um, Chris for putting together a nice list like that. Um, he had some heavy hitters and he had some. Uh, Kage as well. Kage! Kage! We played uh, and rolled for uh, for the flag. And I took flag. a list. I took a 200 list of uh, two Vipers, a two no, Gnome Elementals, and two Sylph, a Ryokin, and a Fire Moth Golf, <laughs> and he, the issue was that his heavy hitters uh, weren't going to make it to the center flag for like four turns, and he was moving moving through cover in city uh, terrain. I had the flag with my dasher within the first to second turn and retrieved, um, dropped off BA, didn't have to sprint. Uh, my Vipers had to sprint. Um, they took uh, another extra turn to drop off BA since they couldn't do any other activities. Um, so within the second or third turn, I had all three flags, and it was basically over. I feel the need, the need for speed. Oh, I I did uh, ruin the uh, Roka Ruby because it tried to basically overrun and stop me from getting back to my base, but it didn't happen. Um, kudos for Chris for having a great time. Um, he, at the same he did time, have some issues. Said, he had some yeah. issues where he wasn't carrying some of his BA to go to the flags instead of having um, the BA walk. Um, so I mean, it's just it's just fundamentals and, and tactics, and it was great. He to, had he had a he had a three fifty, but I don't think he was ready to he, play a 350 scenario he was running was that, was that fair he was he was okay. running a lot of um he was running a lot of games and events so he didn't have a whole lot of time this was one of his uh days where he could actually take time off come down to a well-known place where he had friends and spend some time rolling some dice and we had a great time um talking back history and uh you know, personal fun stuff um you know, shaking some hands with some good veterans. But um, you know what, Matt? And learning. The the best thing that could ever come out of that whole thing was this guy knew the 350 rules. He showed up with the 350, and you guys played like that. Yes. And then, there and was no sifting that. through cards. There was no sifting through point totals. It was just like, here's my 350. Oh, I got a 350. All right, let's go. Let's play. 
Well, start, on that, timer, that's, start the timer, yeah. set up our terrain, yep. run. And that's like and that's that. been that's that's been the goal of this whole yep. thing from from day one is if it, it, going back to <laughs> an, a, a side thing, my wife, my wife um, just shakes her head that's, at me because awesome. there is not a major city that I can go to and not meet BattleTech fans. So if I'm going to go to a, a place in, you know, through our Facebook page, we've got people literally all over the world at this point Worldwide. and say, hey, I'm going to be an X. I'm bringing a 350. Let's meet and play. Yep. I already know at that point that all of the minutia of what era are we playing? What is the PV limit that we're going to have? What are we going to do? X, Y, Z, A, B, M. It's already all taken care of. You show up, roll, roll a D6 for what scenario you're going to play, set the fucking table up, and start rolling dice. There, now, is that for everyone? No, Probably not. it is not. It That's is fine. not because because there are people who live, breathe, and die by trying to find the thing that breaks the scenario that you're running at the time. Right, Tommy. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The three fifty is the three fifty is built for you for you to be able to meet whoever you want. Get and together play. and play. It's going and, right back to what Ray know, was talking about. Yep. And know that when I sit down with this guy that I have no idea about with the rule set that we have in place, I know first off going to the table, I have a I have just as much opportunity of winning this thing as the guy sitting across from me. It's not because he knows more about the game than I do. It's not because he did more research than I did. Now granted Tommy you and your FAF fucking shit that you have. That's something I got to counter yet, but reasonably, well, reasonably, well, you can show up to that and have a good time. was a comment that I heard from Chris and, you know, talking with his buddies that come in as well. It's like, like, hey, Chris, how's your, how's your game going? He's like, he's got all this fast shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but what I love about that is that he's going to go back and he's going to look at his 350 and he goes, I obviously need some more fast stuff. If he had two fast units, he'd be setting. And he's gonna he's gonna tweak his list a little bit. He's gonna go. Turns out fast stuff is pretty good. And you know what I love? I love the fact that fat like light and medium mechs are being used because in BattleTech Classic, it's nothing but bring the heavy, bring the big. Yep. And and if if he has three out of two scenarios. He can work with the fast stuff. Mm-hmm. He can win the tournament. He could win the tournament. Our stand-up yeah. fight. If we had a stand-up fight, he probably would have taken me, and I would have lost oh, for probably for with sure. The stuff that he, with the stuff that he had in front of him, absolutely. Oh, he would have crushed. You would have. You would have had a much much tougher game in front of you than than. Was his heavy uh, hitter the demo? Yeah. Oh, he had a no. He had a tenchi. He had a tenchi. Tenchi. Yeah, that that's no joke. Took me all game. It took me all My game boys got to one. put that one. It took me all game just to put that one unit down. That was the second unit that I was in closest contact with. I uh, I also want to uh, mention uh, Scott, who was yep. my second game. 
He came with a gorgeously point, oh. painted Ice Hellions unit. Tiger stripes. It oh was like snow and tiger stripes and dots. It was just gorgeous. Or sexy. Um, man, Scott, and, and, and he had a good game too, man. Uh, and both, the, I think he played Tommy and I, both. Um, tell, talk about a guy who was just super excited to play Battletech. Yep. I mean, he had his gorgeously painted unit, and he knew the rules. He had his 350, and he was just... Man, he was just excited to play Battle. Yeah, all as as excited as we were, because that's the only reason we went down to this thing. I wanted to play someone other than named Andrew, Matt, and Tommy. <laughs> Fail. I hate, playing you guys. I hate playing you guys. And I failed on one aspect of that, but because we know each other's game really oh, well. Just just to see, just to be able to sit down and for eighty minutes. I know there's a time limit on this game, and we're both gonna play hard, and we're both gonna like bring our best stuff. And for 80 minutes, I get to meet a new guy, play a game of BattleTech, have fun, and not and, and not sit get, there for six and a half hours. And you get to learn something new, and still not well, have the game end. Well, I played something new with 350. When I played Scott, um, we had fun. Uh, we were still, I. I, f- I forget the rules a lot, so I have to remind myself, and we both were reminding ourselves. And, and like you said, the excitement was there. We were both playing. Um, and and I, I helped him out with a, some of the tactics that I've came up with for Battle Armor. Yeah, you taught him the whole download load thing, didn't you? Yep, I, I taught him the load and unload. He uh, saw the light, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I showed him the light <laughs> for the uh, for the initiative sync. So, um, and he's like, "I never would have thought that." I was like, "Yep, it, yeah." We didn't either until about three months ago. Yeah, yeah. And then we, then we didn't think about Protomex and capturing a flag in three rounds, two rounds. Oh man, and having it done. Super Which, important program note: Protomex. <laughs> All move at the same time. Yes. Yeah, that's All that was a five of them. That's a yeah. that's a big fu. It's in the rules, and man, is that huge! Because they can lock you in. Yes. If you have a unit that hasn't moved, specifically if you have ground movement and don't have jump, if they move their protomech point before you have a chance to move. Three protomechs can lock you in. Because you need an inch and a half space to move through. You need need to be able to move your hex through a space that does not overlap another hex to get through. That means three protomechs can lock up a unit. So that's... That's huge. That's big. That's That's big. Huge. Protomechs you hit, they pretty much go away but there's five of them and they <laughs> all move the siren what does that thing move 26, 26 inches 26 that's inches stupid i mean that's a plus five right plus four plus five no it's plus five because it's right. protomex protomex yeah. is a plus one so 
if you're at medium range, you're at seven and skill. That's not an arbitrary number to roll. <laughs> if they're locking so, you so, in, they better not be at medium range. At, at that point, well, you might as well have some artillery on your list to counter proto mechs. Because then you're at a five in skill, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you got to worry about the whole uh, walling effect with the proto mechs, too. Proto mechs uh, are a thing, guys. Proto mechs are a thing. They are a thing. Yeah. They're a thing. Yeah, they are. Don't discount them. I think this whole 350 format has pretty much locked down every single unit that Battletech has to offer as having a tactical advantage in well, the game. We, we actually talk about as, that on the way home. We talked about as, the circle. As long as yeah. we're going to innovate and change over time, it might not happen right now, but we're going to continue to innovate and change over time in phases. Yes. Well, again, this the biggest hurdle that we have in front of us at this time point. Testing. It's, no, it's changing the mentality that Battletech players bring to the table. In that, I need to conform to this set of rules, (laughs) and my special Nova binary ultra uber special Falcon thing isn't going to be able to be put on the table. So, so because that because that's been a conversation we've had with many people because they've contacted us and say, well, I have this uber special ultra thing that I want to be able to do because. I have all of our units painted already, and, I'm, and and it sucks. But it's like I'm sorry, but that breaks the construction rules. The construction rules are in place to ensure that we're controlling spam as much as we can before it hits the table, and ensure that people are having fun. Fun is number one. Number one rule of all things going to the table, be it classic be it Alpha Strike, be it you meeting somebody new, is have fun. You don't want to completely demoralize the person across the table from you where they say, F it, I don't want to play this game ever again. Right. You want to be able to have fun. Sorry, Seneca. That's the, yeah, Seneca, sorry. Oh my God, we can't keep apologizing for cheese. You can't bring 14 Arctic Wolves to the table, okay? (laughs) Sorry. So, <laughs> I would I would like to speculate. This is this is a good uh, uh, transition here. I would like to speculate. What would Andrew's record have been if they didn't decide to play an 8K classic BattleTech uh, match that lasted 247 hours long? Uh, I'd have gone two and one. I'd have gone two and one. I think you would have went zero and five. I'd have gone I two think, and one. I'd have lost. Would've... I would have lost to Tommy, and I'd have beat your ass. And, and, you wouldn't have beat me. Uh, and, Matt and, and Matt and I would have had a good game. I don't think so. Either, either way, everybody would have still had a good good time. Either way, yeah. let's, the, let's... The, main, the main the main thing for playing Joe and the person <laughs> who should not be named is to they weren't used to classic as much, so we wanted to educate, and that, have fun, and, and, and play classic with them, so everyone was included during the day. And and that's what happened was is. I ended up having to play judge. I ended up talking to one G I ended up doing a whole talking to Ryan. I spent a lot of time not play at the table judge. and that you really, 
How many times did you call me to? How many times did you call me to your table? You just, I, I just needed you to reaffirm my, my correct head. answer. That's all I needed. Three. That. I'm three off the top of my head. You played yes man. That's what you did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and bring up the. So forget about the one d six rolls going forward, Aaron. You were always ruled in the negative. <laughs> oh, oh, talk about that. We need to talk about one more thing about. Alpha Strike. I, I got a counter. I'm going to bring yeah. up the Battle Barn 350 testing Aaron versus Raymond video I have right here that we still have yet to confirm to release that has Andrew stepping out to the table quite a few times. So Yeah, he was just watching how bad artillery was fucking me up. That's how... That's oh, how. Oh, no, no, no. This was way at the beginning when you guys were asking questions. Oh, Go ahead, Tommy. <laughs> Alright, so just to let everybody know that Coach does get a little irritated when he loses a good high roll. A little. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh the, last, the last roll of the, the last game. Roll, uh, the last initiative roll of the game. It wasn't the last roll. It was the pivotal roll. It was the it last was the roll. It was the it last. It was the roll. It was the, the one I needed to win. Roll. So I roll the a roll 10. Lost. I roll lost. a 10. That should pretty much solidify an initiative roll. And this asshole brings out his super, <laughs> super weighted wow. freaking Jade Falcon dice and rolls an 11. No, 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 no. You, you forgot it. Jade Pigeon. It's Jade Pigeon. Okay? They were the fucking Falcons that day. Oh, that's oh. right. There's our Sword high, guy. huh? Because they beat you. That, that I don't want to talk about that anymore. He's <laughs> moving along back on the ranch. Oh, hey, hey! By the way, Should... we, we, there's there is one person that we have not mentioned yet that I do need to mention because this was the first time that we had a chance to spend time with other things that he has built, and that is Dale. Fuck! I'm gonna screw up his last name. Yeah, Each. you are. Wonder Gecko, one of the CSO artists. At the yep. Battle Barn, they had a whole bunch of his uh, city terrain, uh, be it the city, the city uh, blocks, buildings, whatever. Dear God, worth every penny spent. They were some one of the sexiest terrain pieces we've played on. Well, that guy's got a really good drink too at Gen Con. It's uh, Coke and what was that wine? Red, red wine, Calamocho. <laughs> Calamocho, Cabernet, and a Coke. You are turning your nose, all, all of you, all of y'all are turning your nose up right now. Try it. It's a pretty good time. I might just leave the show right now. It's Whoa. a pretty good time. Yay. Forever. Oh, See ya. <laughs> Fuck you, Tommy. <laughs> hey, how's that fireball going? Well, it's, it's gone. He, I was going to say, it's three hours and nine minutes into the cast. So Mission accomplished for the I'm, night. I'm thinking we uh, we give the, the big old, uh, let's uh, wrap this bitch up and uh, do some shout-outs. Right, shout-outs, here we come. Ray, you're still here. Do you have any yep. shout-outs? Uh, I, Left I did a shout-out already. Call him back out. Call him back no, out. Well, no, 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 no. He's got his shout outs. He's good. If he thought of any new ones, then he can shout them out now. And you can add him in after we do too. Yeah. All right. 
Got a shout out to uh, Joe, and he she should not be named for spending some quality time with us uh, last weekend for the shenanigans in uh, Indy, and especially for getting us some rounds of uh, bad acts. And so for, uh, uh, I, w- I will I will say it was cute watching their surprises about how bad Coach really is when he's out on his own. That was awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. like herding cats. It was awesome. Yeah. They looked at me. I literally was asked the question, "Are you kidding me?" Yes, I'm. This is this is how it works. This is what we do. Oh, they so, didn't believe me. No, they didn't. Oh, it was awesome. No. They've never dealt with that drama before. <laughs> Don't worry, Ray. That's a, that's Gen a whole Con Twenty Twenty. We're dragging you out, buddy. Coaches, right. we are holding a WNRP event at Coaches. One night during Gen Con, and we are going to descend on that bitch and have a hell of a good time. We're going to have good. a lot of tang. A lot of tang. <laughs> we did get a lot of looks when we yelled Kage every five minutes. We did. We did. The best there, you know what? The That's just how we roll. Everybody in the bar would yell Kage back. That was the best part. Yeah, <laughs> <that> was. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't I get the entire bar to give a round of applause to he who shall not be named? Sure, sure. we did. What we was did. that for again? Um, oh, I think it was for the awesomeness of his uh, distance uh, mask. That was no, 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 no. no. <laughs> what the hell was Something. that for? Whatever. What was the hell was that for? I got the, I got the bar to give him a round of applause. Was that the guy? Awesome. Was that the guy that tried to get your number, Aaron? Oh, could have. Oh, yeah, That's that guy. Cool. That guy. Oh, he tried to weasel his way into the picture. Shout too. out to that guy. Didn't somebody have to give him a hip check to get him out of the picture so we could take that one? He asked me. He asked me if Tommy and Andrew were brothers, which is That's completely right. valid. I mean, they're both fat, so. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, they're both bearded. Oh, they and, both have beards. And fat. My bad. And fat. And fat. And fat. Beards are hereditary. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> So says the guy that takes three months to grow stubble. Come on, Blondie. Come on. I've been growing mine for two weeks, man. You know, <laughs> I am a slippery seal, and that's the way my wife likes me. So, Slippery seal. Wow. <laughs> let's keep moving with shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> Jerks, that's when you just jump in and say your shout-outs. That shuts us all up. Oh, Joe, I see you're getting the uh, unicorn oh, I... as an artist. Go ahead and uh, do keep up the good work with some painting and uh, graphics with that uh, unit color compendium. Who was that? Yeah, Joe. Oh. oh. Whatever helps the community helps everybody. So. Unit color compendium. Gotcha. And uh, I, I'll shout out uh, the Arcab Legions. Which I think is what you guys were talking about earlier. Um, Okay. Um, And uh, for a real shout out here, not maybe it's not really a shout out, more maybe just to go check this guy out. But uh, a YouTube channel just came out a couple weeks ago, Big Rig with double G's on both words, forty-two. He's got a series of how to or uh, intro how to play battle classic battle tech. He's got like fourteen videos, like ten minutes long each. So. I mean, granted, a lot of uh, our players are probably uh, kind of used to it, either through Mega Mech on here or came in with a lot of knowledge, but his videos are pretty uh, easy to follow. So if you have 
What was that it, again, Dirks? What was his big, channel? Big Rig 42 with yep. double G's on big and rig. Um, but it all all of his videos came out here in just the last couple weeks. So I stumbled across him today. And yeah, the videos are just real handy. And if you got so, people that are interested, th point them that direction so they can get an idea of how the rules work. So that that is something that did come up during our 8K game with uh, Joe and he who shall not be named <laughs> um, was the difference between Mega Mech and Tabletop, right? Yes, yes. So, we, so we, we, had, we had a very lengthy discussion about the, the oversimplification that happens within Mega Mech versus playing Tabletop that it, it it does need to be brought up for those that in this in 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 the world that we live in now with covid and you know we're doing what we can to still get together and play don't expect <laughs> tabletop is a whole lot more involved and complicated than mega mech gives you the idea of so know and understand that when you're playing Mega Mech, um, a lot of the work is done for you where when you do get to the table, there's a lot more going on than what, than what you think is happening. And if you expect to have the same success in Mega Mech, when you do get to the table, um, I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going to say, I, I told, I, I warned you and I told you so. So, um, <laughs> Got any shout outs to follow up that next segment? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the shout out to Ryan. There you again go at, at the Battle Barn because what what a place that that facility was fantastic. He was a host among hosts and and really made us welcome. Even though I dropped that fucking Marauder ice twice, twice I destroyed it, and it's at my house now. I <laughs> still haven't put it together, but um, he's if phenomenal individual, phenomenal place. Um, if you ever get the opportunity to go check that out, um, you will be doing yourself a disservice by not doing that. So thank you, Ryan. And a shout out to uh, Brett Bainbridge. So I build or restart my Battletech community. And here's two easy tips. Communication and run events yeah tommy my shout out is to uh uh probably doubling down on joe i've been watching his patreon videos on how to paint since i don't know how to paint um, oils. so i looked at his stuff and became a patreon member for his bottom of the barrel painting so shout out to joe he's helping me out especially with the stuff I'm working on today. And especially uh, just another thank you to Ray. Thanks for hanging with us this whole time, man. Fuck awesome. you, Ooh. Charles. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> need to get you some more fireball. You can't wait for me to do that, could you? <laughs> well, like thank fire, you, guys. It's like fireball is going to be a Gen Con bottle. My shout-out is to Ray Arista. Thank you very much for being on the show. Big shout-out to my son, who lost his first tooth tonight. 
Way to go, hey. buddy. Ooh, that's yeah. A big yeah. Um, I want to down shout. Um, who do I? Who did I want to down shout? Uh, Me. Uh, well, Andrew, that's that's a given. Uh, Jump in there and let you think about it. Um, who was? Who, no, he was. A, he was a huge. He was a huge douchebag the other day. What was his name? Oh, Mario! I'm gonna down shout Mario. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking fools. Called him he who shall not be named, and I'm going to call him out the last two minutes of the podcast. Mario, you suck dick. balls. And I say that he with love. He, nobody nobody cared to know who he was until he <laughs> put the mask on. Check Tommy's steam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this bitch up. Right, I'm going to throw a last shout out to uh, Luke Dirks. Because picking a unit for the sake of it, it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> he's, he's totally right. If you're going to pick a 350 unit or any kind of unit for 8K, make sure it has a role that you want to fill, whether it be specialty, light fast, heavy absorbing armor, something like that. Cannon fodder. Oh, that's hogwash. Right. Just fill it with as many marauders as you can. Boom. <laughs> Here's your night wolf. Do, do we and and one night wolf. Don't, don't be a dick episode again. Yeah, that's probably next week oh. <laughs> or next month. <laughs> Number two. All right, so uh, anybody else got anything left? Of no. no. Let's go to bed. All right, if you no, have comments, good. concerns, questions, you can reach us at WNRP at WallStreetGoons.com, plus our Facebook page and regiment. You can find us on Discord. Choose a mech, fill in the ranks for Tuesday night fight nights with a group. Oh, wait, I have one last shout-out. Shout out to Inferno Hell Inferno Company Hell Company and Third Command, best, uh, Third Bat Best Bat for taking on a, a clean sweep of Scout Target of the HQ mission of the regiment. Way to go, boys! And I know what my down shot was. It was to the command command lance. We need to get the fuck in this battle. <laughs> I've, I've been available, waiting on you guys. Oh Wait sure. Take the Wait low road, you, Colonel. Oh, I'm Wait, yeah. you, Colonel. Fine. I was, watch- I was watching Hell take that objective. Fucking a uh, Wednesday night, throwing the gauntlet okay. down. Okay, seriously, you're gonna do an effing and then skip over the asshole portion of that? I mean, Pro- probably. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great evening and have a pleasant tomorrow. Appreciate your listening and uh, for having Ray Arista on the show. Ray's got to Ray's got to start us off. Got to get gotta your get, wolf howl, howl, buddy. Where's your howl, howl buddy? Three, oh, two, God. one, wolf howl. Woo! Go Mario! <laughs> Let's make Ray say it. Let's make Ray say it. What do I need to Go say? Go Mario! Go Mario! Go Mario! Oh fuck! Jeez, yeah. no! That's not what I needed. <laughs> Just Whoa. do it, Andrew, so we can end it. Wolf. There you go. 